It is Wednesday, my dudes. This is how I win. This is no democracy. It is a dictatorship. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Double hey. Load entirely. You're out of order. You're out of order. Everything that guy just says bullshit. Thank you. are back for hell um i i literally was looking through the intros it's been a cut nice break i've had a great break and then i decided to do this episode for the first time ever kind of regretting it this is the only they ask you how you are you just have to say that you're fine when you're not really fine but you just can't get into uh that's what i thought this entire like couple weeks of having to watch some of these because um i would say of the group that i have assembled tonight I agree with film taste probably 12%. I would say 12%. I am not one that has ever purchased a Criterion uh, uh, DVD of any kind. I don't even own a subscription to the Criterion channel. Um, And uh, A24, when that logo goes up, sometimes I roll my eye. Um, So (laughs) I decided to jump feet first back into YLS. Um, I'm surprised we've never done this episode before. We really should do this episode to start every year because it gives me the longest time to watch everything. I can get a thing. I've watched a lot of movies. I haven't gotten to everything. There are a few. Zach was a last-minute replacement, um, so I couldn't watch everything on Zach's list because Zach sent it to me, I think, two days ago or three days ago. Um, But... Uh, yeah, first time watches. Um, again, next week, just to let everybody know, it's a sports week um, where most people would check out here. Um, it's football, and I already have that panel picked out. And then the next week, uh, I still need people. It's worst letterbox reviews. We're not here to bully the people. We're here to bully the takes on the movies that they have that they rated. So I, it's not going to be like a bash the person show. It could be a little bit, but overall it's like, wow, you gave this rating and this is what you wrote about them. So if you want to be on, just submit a list. Um, it's going to be all fun. We're not going to just, you know, roast you too hard. And then uh, the draft for 2022 movies uh, is, is coming. So it'll be massive. Um, okay. Uh, we're a traditional show. I guess I got to introduce everybody. If you haven't known these faces, I will say Spence. Uh, Spence, you might not have the worst list. On. I'm not sure. We'll talk I don't about believe that. that. But, I don't agree. Um, but <laughs> but how do you how do you think you're going to do tonight? And how was your uh, end of the year and start of this year? Oh, yo, it, it's fucking great. You no, know, I watched a bunch of Transformers movies and I almost shot myself. Uh, so now we're here. Oh. That's why we don't play fandom, guys. I'm not saying fandom's bad. Go play if you want to, but fuck it. I don't play it. Um, good, but you're having a good year. Uh, Payson Johnson, new to Wireless last year, started becoming on uh, near the end, I would say. Um, how are you doing, and how is your current year going? Uh, uh, we're going to skip past that, but... Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> I'm, That's fair. Uh, I'm excited for the show. I'm not sure that this was on purpose, but I like how, like, 
starting from Spence and going to me, going clock counterclockwise, you ordered us based on who has the best facial hair. And I think that's a really cool idea. I'm not sure if that was on purpose. But yeah, I uh, I love all the movies I chose tonight. I don't think you are going to, but I'm excited to talk about it. Um, next up, uh, he told me, hey, I can be on either one of these. And I said, which one do you want to be? He wants to be on the draft. And then I said, hey, I need somebody. So he showed up. He had a list ready. Um, Doug Ford, how are you doing? How's your year going? You know. Um, the things. I was doing good until 10 seconds ago and Payson called me the second best facial hair in the chat. Some real bullshit. Not taking it. Um, third. Oh, that's even fucking worse. The reason why I, I picked the draft over this is because I just assumed, uh, especially my top three are all going to be Cody's least favorite movies he's watched in 10 years. Um, and you mainlined them in two days. So that's definitely the healthiest way to watch it. So <laughs> um, and next, uh, first time on the show, uh, uh, Aaron J. Some, if they've ever watched a match that happened a long time ago in a team's match, would have thought this day could never happen. But it's happened. Oh my God. Me and Aaron, mega powers, I kicked oh, Zach out. We're joining forces. We're talking. <laughs> we're, uh, we are all good. And I'm excited because Aaron has a lot of tastes that sometimes don't line up with mine. But I'm excited to talk about some of the movies. So, Aaron, how are you doing? How's your start of the year? Hey, uh, good. Uh, we just, you know, crashed the multiplex uh, viewers for this now because they were expecting for none of the list to get done and like there to be like a half oh, a video. Shit. So there that yeah. goes. But yeah, uh, I'm good. Year's been good so far. Uh, getting ready to leave Washington, D.C. after 10 years here coming up in May. So I'm pretty pumped about that. Moving to the uh, Philadelphia area. So uh, watch out for that uh, closer to uh, the people I care about. But uh, anyways, I'm pumped to be on this. I think I could do pretty well on a show called Your List Sucks because most of the time I give lists to anybody, they kind of say that unless it's a very select group of people and they're a uh, few of them are probably playing in, or on this episode. So, uh, you know, it'll be fun. Uh, I think that I might be surprised by your takes on a few of these movies, but I don't know. Like, I'm glad that you got to watch uh, some Criterion movies, and uh, if you need a login, I know somebody. Well, there we go. I will. I will. I, I would love that. Actually, um, what I will say is there is a movie tonight that would. I, I may be jumping. I'm jumping a little too ahead. Top 100 of all time for me. I think this movie is absolutely incredible, and I can't wait to talk about it. But it is that good. Is it better it is or worse than Psycho Goreman? Oh, that movie! That's something. Um, that's my favorite half star. Uh, one of my favorite half stars. Um, I don't give them that often, but they're there. Um, okay, well, good. That Zach restarted his computer uh, because I'm not talking to him first. I'm talking to Spence. So Spence, oh shit! Uh, give us your ten through eight. All right, my number ten is 1949's All the King's Men. Not the Sean Penn shit. Nine is Atonement. And my eight is one, two, three. Kings cool. standards. There you go. No yikes today, I'm guessing. Uh, uh, there, I don't think there's many yikes, to be honest with you. Yeah. All the Kingsmen. If you couldn't tell from me existing, I like politics. And I think they're very interesting to follow. 
And I think this movie has a kind of modern cynicism for politics. I don't really see in a lot of older films. And I think they really just draw me in. I, and I'm not, I'm not someone who really attaches myself to the classic filmmaking. And I think taking that and blending it with modern, like something modern, like political ideology is really interesting. Seeing like this rise and this fall of the grassroots in touch with your starting your home kind of politician and then evolving into like no one can be no one can avoid corruption no one can avoid doing these horrible things and getting away with it and how long until it all catches up with you i think that's fucking i think it's a really great story and i think that this is done like incredibly uh shout out to the picture of this we all love this movie i think this is like one of the most resounding like everyone's like holy shit this is it um and shout out to Robert crawford uh maybe my best it may be my favorite performance and the best picture winner so far, like at least top five. Um, Atonement. Going into it thinking, oh yeah, it's going to be a cute romance film. Holy shit, was I wrong. I, that was, I did not know anything going in. And, and I, that was a lot to deal with. I think the idea of telling a story where it's how far and how bad can one lie truly get like the actual snowball of misunderstanding. I've never seen in a movie like that before. And I think taking that and blowing it up with I like one like Joe Wright's best direction ever. McAvoy is perfect. Knightley is perfect. Saoirse Ronan's great. Fuck the old Saoirse Ronan. Romola Garai, you're shit. You're like, literally, if you're not in this movie, five stars. Literally perfect. You ruin like 20 minutes of it. But everything else is immaculate. Maybe the best screenplay of 2007. Uh, not sorry. And my number eight is one, two, three. Famous, famous speeches that have been said about screenplay <laughs> on the show. Don't fill in that category anymore. Fuck the two like big ones, whatever. This is better. One, two, three. Love me some Billy Wiles, my boy. Everyone's boy. And I would switch, I truly expected nothing from this. It's of everything I've heard about. It's just like, oh yeah, it's like it's just it's there. It's not the apartment. It's not something like it high. It's not one of the one of his bigger movies. I just watched it for some fucking reason, and it was amazing. It was one of the funniest films I've ever seen. Again, the idea of taking a lie and it's just getting exponentially worse and worse and worse. Of like, oh, it's just it's it's a dude who likes a girl and we need to get him out. And then the entire third act is literally creating a scenario to make the lie believable and having no repercussions with it is fucking amazing. And it is absolutely, I, I don't attach myself to comedies very often, especially again, I don't like classic movies. This is not a shocker. If you know me and taking, taking everything together of movies that I should not like, you get this and it's, my second favorite Wilder comedy. Like, it's incredible. It's, it's, it's not like a hot in that. It's, I'm okay, I, I want I'm done. I want to hear what you're like, where this falls for your comedies, because I'm curious. Um, okay, All the Kingsmen, um, I watched this for Best Actor. Um, I agree with you. I think Crawford is absolutely incredible in this movie. Um, I, 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 I mean, it's not one of my like, all-time favorites, but I really enjoy it. I've seen it, so great choice, especially if you haven't seen it before. I would definitely check it out. And the character that he travels from, where he starts to where he finishes, is like one of the best like character arcs in a movie. Uh, Atonement, I didn't get a chance to see it. Um, again, 
if you want me to watch something, put it in your top five so I have an actual better shot too. But I had to watch like 20 or 30 movies. I had to watch almost 40. There were only a few that I have seen before. Um, one, two, three. I can't say anything about this movie. And the reason why, it is coming to Roundtable. It is on Roundtable, this upcoming episode. Somebody picked it. So I'll, if you want to watch it, check out the episode. You'll hear my full discussion. Um, but yeah, great choice overall. I think Cagney, great. Um, okay, uh, next up, Payson. Yeah, uh, before I start, a cool observation I made. Uh, I watch a lot of movies for trivia, a lot of really good ones. Uh, none of the movies I watched tonight were for trivia, and I think that's kind of cool. I'm, I'm happy that I still take time to enjoy it for myself. Uh, my 10 is high and low. My uh, 9 is... in the is... same range. Yeah, it's the same range. Oh, nice. Just... Uh, my nine... We'll talk about it when we get to Aaron. Go ahead. Uh, my nine is all that jazz, and my eight is blue collar. Oh man, I should have should have put that on my list. Good choice. All right, so I talked <laughs> about all that jazz and blue collar. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Okay, yeah, uh, all that jazz. Uh, I got recommended uh, this one by Boatman, and I watched it for the Bob Fosse Blank Check series. Uh, this is one of the most unique and one of the most finely crafted like musicals I think I've ever seen. Um, this is very much a like, um, it is essentially Bob Fosse doing a semi-autobiographical take on his life. And that sounds like it could be super pretentious, but the reason this movie works so well is because you can tell Bob Fosse hates himself. And the way how he portrays the Joe Gideon character played by Roy Scheider this man has no sympathy, and the guy is one of the worst people, and maybe one of the most unlikable people you could ever like come by. Um, I love that you see him like filming a movie about a stand-up comedian, which is obviously Bob Fosse did Lenny. Um, Roy Scheider, I think, is um, excellent in the role of Joe, Joe Gideon. Uh, the editing is incredible. Like, just a fast, quick pace editing. Like, everyone talks about the editing of this movie. It's uh, amazing. The closing music number, Bye Bye Life, is one of the most, like, sickly twisted yet weirdly funny of just this guy, like, celebrating that he's going to die. And, yeah, I just really, really love this movie. Uh, my number eight, Blue Collar. Uh, I was in a movie exchange group at the end of the year, and uh, a beautiful and uh, handsome man by the name of Cody Newberry uh, gave me this movie and uh got you there uh and i yeah, really, really loved it um paul schrader is an excellent director and writer and this just has like the grit that he has and just sort of like the pessimism he has for the american dream i think that's really captured well in all three characters uh i love how the characters just slowly start to change throughout the movie with richard Pryor's character slowly starting to take more deals under the table to protect himself obviously yafik koto just doesn't care um, this has one of the most like disturbing deaths. Uh, I don't want to say which character dies, but there is a death scene in this movie, and it is—it's hard to watch. Um, I think it has weirdly like funny moments. Um, it has weirdly relatable moments. Like there's a scene at the beginning where just a vending machine keeps taking someone's uh, change. That happens to me. It used to happen to me at my old job. Um, no, I really love Blue Color. I know it's been talked about before. I don't want to spend too much time, but yeah. Yeah, for the sake of everybody in this community, I have not watched all that jazz. Um, 
I, I just been told numerous times that some people say you might like it, but the other people are like, Cody, please stay the hell away from this movie. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm going to hate it. That's me. Um, I know me. <laughs> I've seen the, I've seen the uh, sequence of Bye Bye Life, and I was whatever. People think it's great, but I guess maybe in context of the movie, it works a lot better, but solo, not for me. Um, so I did you a favor and didn't watch it. Um, so it won't affect you. Uh, Blue Collar, I recommended it to you. I got it recommended because I watched, I did the show and somebody brought it on. I think the movie's absolutely incredible. I think, aside, what does that sound? I don't know. Sounds like a death scene happened in the movie. Okay, I just thought somebody's getting electrocuted. I was just making sure. Um, I, I, it's a spot of life that I don't know about. But I won't experience like the union side, the factory. Like I don't get, I, I will never see that. So that slice of life, like that slice of work that is completely foreign to me, I think is absolutely fascinating, especially of that time frame. I think the three, uh, like I would consider them like pretty much leads yeah. of the of the workers in it, I think are absolutely incredible. That scene that you brought up, I agree. So hard to watch. Um, and but the character, the how they all. Uh, like switch and move throughout the movie is just absolutely incredible. I think it's a movie. I'm really surprised that it came out when it did, and no, like in this community, it's getting steam now. But like, I could have went my entire life and never heard of the movie Blue Collar, and I think it should be in the same breath for other movies. So, good choice, um, Mr. Ford. What do you got for me? Um, my number ten is Jeremiah Johnson. Um. Jeremiah Johnson, uh, which I've known for most of my life as my uh, grandpa, who's probably seen five movies in his life's favorite movie. Can you not hear me? No. Boop, doo, dee, da, bop, da, bop. Mike, check. I can hear you. I can hear you. He's counting me down. I got really nervous. Oh, I got to say them all. Shit. You can do it your way. You can freestyle it. We got it. It's been like a year. I have been out of the day. You were just talking. I was like, I'm going with It's just like you got short notice. Let him go. Yeah, number nine. Shut up. Hey, Jeremiah Johnson, we'll get back to it. Number nine, Pride and Prejudice. (laughs) Number eight, uh, I don't remember. Put it up. (laughs) The Untouchables. (laughs) Yes. All right. Jeremiah Johnson, my grandpa's favorite movie. He doesn't watch movies. Uh, that's that's why I always saw that the movie fucking rules. It's um, I got really into snow westerns. I, that's like all I watched in December was snowy westerns. Um, this is that's how I celebrate Christmas now. Uh, but this is by far my favorite of them. It, in a way, is like just Robert Redford hanging out in the forest and coming upon different people. He has a great beard. Um, he's usually such a you know straight edge looking man, but going beard and he really looks like a fur trapper in the middle of this mountainside. Um, you understand the Sundance of it all, but uh, really, it's just like you just want to chill out one night. If you like Western vibes, especially like that kind of lonely man on zone kind of vibes, it's really great. Good mountain scenery too. So, okay, number nine. Um, our, we're continuing the Joe Wright uh, marathon of this um, Atonement. You know, one of my top 100 movies of all time. So, fucking rules. Uh, I got really known to be like like big Joe Wright cheerleader, um, the, the defender, uh, mainly because I just liked Woman in the Window and Pan. Um, 
but the joke of it was I always talk about how much I love Joe Wright, but I haven't seen Pride and Prejudice or Anna Karenina, two of his like biggest movies. So I finally marked Pride and Prejudice off. And it fucking rules. It's romantic. Kira Knightley is perfect match for Joe Wright. She looks great in every movie, but also just like has that real uh like classical romantic vibe. Um and this was like I think prime for her. Um and the rest of the cast is great. I would say the Darcy could be better, just not really compelling as a Darcy. Uh, I'll go with that. It's what's his face uh, from Session, right? Matthew McFadden. Yeah, Matthew McFadden. He's just not really like ha- have a lot of sexual chemistry in general, I think. Um, but the movie is still beautiful. Look, I think Joe Wright movies just have like the most beautiful elegance, even in Woman in the Window, all the time. It's Pride and Prejudice. Next, um, The Untouchables. Um, I don't know. It's fucking fun. <laughs> I, I, that's all. Like this, I told you it's my co-hell night. <laughs> it's fun. Next, um, Brian De Palma just like can really just make exciting, thrilling things. That's even though the story may not be that original cinema, and he is kind of get a lot of um, notoriety for kind of gripping people off. It still seems like when you watch a movie, it's like watching no one else's with the style that he chooses. Um, it has like, it's, it's beautiful trash. He does beautiful trash better than anyone. Um, you get Sean Connery. I definitely thought this was like all about the gangsters. So I was really surprised. I was really a cop movie. I thought this was just like Robert De Niro all the way. I had a real misunderstanding of what Untouchables was. Um, but, but love the Sean Connery element of it. Um, of course, definitely worthy of his Oscar and, um, also, just like he is talking about him being the best ripoff artist, the the stairs scene fucking rules. Battleship Potemkin, boring as fuck. This is a better use of use of the stair of the stairs. So there you go. Shots fired. Jeez. Next. Okay. Uh, Jeremy, <laughs> I think the only thing I know about this, I haven't seen it, but isn't this the main famous like gif of just the guy with the beard? Like that, yeah. I've sent that forty-five billion times <laughs> in the movie. Not a chance. So great facial hair. I will say that. Uh, Pride and Prejudice. Great job that you put these both at number nine. Didn't watch either. Uh, so we'll just leave it there where it is. Um, Untouchables probably top one hundred. I don't know if it was in my top one hundred. It could have been my top one hundred if it wasn't. Um, but Joseph, if you're around and you'll see this, you'll tell me if it was or not. Um, but yeah. He dies so well in this too on the on the stairs, and then uh, that Chicago way is just—I don't know the Chicago way, but he taught me it. So I, I great movie. And the, uh, watching a baby in a uh, stroller uh, go downstairs is all like literally one of the, like gut wrenching scenes I've ever seen in the movie. So um, yeah, great job. Uh, all right, Aaron, it's your turn. All right. Uh, yeah, low energy there, Zach. Uh, absolutely low energy, uh, as promised. But uh, number 10. I'm going to run uh, out. But like, yeah, <laughs> I get it. Jeremiah Johnson comes up, and I mean, thing, things get weird. Uh, number 10, Le Samurai. Uh, Jean-Pierre Melville, uh, French uh, film uh, about a uh, contract killer. Number nine, High and Low, Akira Kurosawa, um, obviously. Uh Payson and I share that movie, so we'll talk about that in a minute. And number eight, Night of the Hunter. Um, so, yeah, um, I love the lead performance in all three of these movies, and Alan Delon as Jeff Costello. Um, it is a movie that is 
the I word influential. So yes, you're going to see it in a lot of movies, but it's not boring. Like a lot of influential movies can be, I think, even though there's not a ton of dialogue in this movie. um, I think that kind of helps you focus on kind of the action and um, the inner kind of drama within the main character. Uh, It's a great, uh conclusion uh i just really love the movie i came across it just scrolling through the criterion channel as i do for a lot of this list so uh, a lot of this list is from all over the place but uh yeah it's a really really great movie it could easily be a silent movie it's kind of three genres in one it's got like the samurai ironically the kurosawa movie is not a samurai movie but this one's more of a samurai movie in some ways um also with the gangster element of it and then with like french new wave added to it but not with all the dialogue of french new wave uh so it's just the feeling of french new wave french new wave one of my favorite genre eras of film ever so highly recommend it it's a great movie uh number nine uh high and low payson go ahead and you can go first oh okay uh yeah i think uh this is one of the first watches i had last year and I'm slowly getting into more and more Kurosawa, and this is one of my favorites that I've watched. Uh, this is a really cool thriller about a head of a shoe company who uh, a bunch of criminals decide to try and take his son hostage. But little do they know, they accidentally take uh, his chauffeur's son hostage. So it's about him like sort of like going through like the conflict of like, okay, I want to meet their demands, but like it's not my son, which like, it can definitely show you like how sort of like terrible this guy is. Uh, this movie split into two halves. The first half is really just all like in like at the top of this apartment complex. And the second half is sort of like the search to find the, uh, to find uh, the criminals after. Um, I think everything in the apartment complex is some of the most thrilling, like one scene performances you'll ever see. There's a part where like they know they're watching. So they all hide under the coffee tables um, the scene where they're handing out the money on the train, I think, is excellent. Uh, it is it is definitely a long movie, and you do feel the length a little, but I think it's an incredibly well-done thriller. Yeah, pretty much everything Payson had to say, and Dashira Mifune just is amazing in this. Um, and it is like a moral dilemma that like, if you put yourself in, it's like you would for a second be like, okay, it's not my kid, it's not my problem. But like, he's already in this whole situation it's over you know such a it's over something that you can apply to so many things more than a shoe company and uh i just really really have trouble getting into a lot of kurosawa movies which i know is not a thing that's like okay to say in this community but this to me is a great gateway into it for somebody who's never even seen a kurosawa movie for me of what i've seen so far which is only about four or five movies I would suggest this first to just about anybody who was interested. So I just really, really loved it. And uh, yeah, the conclusion made me want to go rewatch it. So I'm looking forward to rewatching it this year and maybe it will make my rewatch list. But I had seen a ton of letterbox reviews and it's always a four and a half or five. And I really did live up to that kind of hype going into it for me at least. So yeah, great movie. And then number eight, uh, Night of the Hunter um obviously robert mitchell the reason for the you know the entire movie but i really did love all of the performances as well um and um yeah it's just like a great gothic southern kind of just disgusting kind of tale and iconic character who 
inspired my favorite movie of all time, which is Do the Right Thing, of course. So, I mean, I knew I had to come back and see this at some point. But, yeah, I just, it's obviously a very different type of movie. But the just the lead performance alone and um, just the kind of tension carried through the movie, it's kind of can't be ever remade type of movie for me. So, yeah, great. Yes. Oh, I just deleted your shit. Cool. Um, well, I guess it helped um, because I haven't. Uh, so High and Low, I wanted to watch. Um, it's on my watch list. Um, the reason why I didn't get to it, one, it's low on both of your guys' list. It wasn't at the top. And I wanted to watch your guys' top tier movies before and I had limited time. So that's why I didn't end up watching it. It's on my watch. It's the one that everybody tells me if I'm going to get into a Kurosawa film, it's going to be high and low. So I'm kind of glad I didn't watch it for a while left to rip it down. Uh, the first, Your number 10, I didn't get a tip for yeah, let's say um, I looked it up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Night of the Hunter. Um, I uh, t- talked to, I brought that on Roundtable. Um, Zach, Zach's episode when I were on it. Um, I love that movie. Uh, easily a top 100 for me. I think it's absolutely brilliant of how it's shot and how it's the uh, Robert Meacham, uh, Mitchum's uh, acting is just absolutely out of the world in that movie. Uh, that scene, I, I brought it up on. I, I think I said I would have brought it up on scenes, or it was in scenes, but it's the. Um, oh, what song do they sing? It's when she's holding the gun and the sh- how it's shot, and he's. Uh, I don't know. But uh, and go watch the movie. It's a great movie. Um, but I'm glad you got to watch it for the first time this year. All right, so this is where everybody gets to talk, everybody gets to chat, everybody gets to tell them how bad or how great movies are. Or if you haven't seen it, if you haven't seen it, do not pull the um, uh, Jack Pinchuk and talk for four minutes to tell me you didn't see the movie. Okay, so we can skip all that. So I know um, he has to be on the show long enough so I can tell him, I can say that about him. So. Number seven, Spence. We'll go all the way to four, so. Come on, Spirit of Cameron Redshaw. Sean the Sheep movie. Yeah! I, this is just super cute. Like, it's a great I time. I am dead inside. Oh, fuck, no. No. <laughs> no. I, okay, I don't know where it started, but why I started, I got used to the character because on Disney Channel when I was younger, in between, like if they didn't, if they couldn't sell ad space, they put like a two little two minute short Sean the Sheep, and that was cute as hell. And I said, oh, I should watch a movie about this, and then I never did until Cameron Redshaw's birthday or some some reason. I was like, oh, this, this is the time to watch it. And I did, and it was fucking great. Again, I don't really like comedies. I don't think shit's funny a lot of the time. This was amazing. I think physical comedy is something that's really hard to do, especially like stop motion. I think the idea of, I, I, I think physical comedy works in a way of like, oh, it's humans reacting a certain way. And it's, and it's and animals being put in these dangerous situations. And wild, what's, what's, what's the term? Wild shit happens. And you're like, oh, how's it going to be funny? And I feel like they, they uniquely mine every way a joke can be told and it works the point even like in the post credit scene is the funniest joke in the fucking movie and it worked it's 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 wild it's a good time if you don't like it uh i don't know um i've watched 30 minutes of Shaun the Sheep 
Um, I, I have a very unpopular opinion by a lot of people, and I'm okay with that. Uh, this type of animation is not my style. I don't like it. I don't find it entertaining by any means. Um, I know it's ta- like it's the art and what it is, but I know it's a big. Like a lot of people are fans of it. For me, new, no, not so much. And Sean Lachie did not do that. I don't think like. This is the same animation, again, it's been a little bit, but this is the same animation style of, like, Wallace and Gromit, right? Same studio. Okay. Yeah, Curse of the Were-Rabbit is, like, revered. No thank you, I'll pass any time of the week. I just, it's not for me. I just don't like it, I don't enjoy it. So, this was never going to be highly received again but you like what you like enjoy yourselves i won't i won't work i won't burn off the copies of it i'll never watch it so have a blast uh everybody else on sean the sheep how close was this to making your list or did you already see it prior and loved it uh i saw it in theaters when it came out <laughs> of course you did. right here by myself in like the third row where i sit had a great time um i will say i'm always much more of a fan of Ardman in theory than I am in, in real life. Because uh, stop motion is like one of my favorite things that exists on Earth. It's my, like my favorite medium for films to be in. But um, there's something still just like a little slight outside of um, the Wallace and Gromit movies that law, uh, some of them just kind of flutter a little bit. And I think some of the humor I might be missing in, in translation um, once it travels overseas. Uh, but it's still enjoyable. I need to get Theo into this shit. I know he watched Farmageddon, but we got we got watch the OG. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I was there for that. I was there for that birthday stream. I left when this movie started playing. You <laughs> like it, uh, Aaron? Anything to say yeah, about no. Strong the Sheep? I was not invited to any birthday stream, oh, and which is fine. Like I, I, I would have been weird if I got the invite. Um, and uh, Sean the Sheep, I haven't watched uh, yet. Could you imagine? It was like, oh, that would have been wild. I've been like, hey guys, Sean the Sheep be available? I would have loved it. Uh, I might have shown up to watch Sean the Sheep if that was sure. Just I mean, I had the pure randomness. I would have shown up. Right. Uh, um okay uh your next one spence oh man here's another kingsman talking about i married a witch <laughs> there it is <laughs> the most popular movie from the kingsman this year blame alex his top four is like fucking fellowship two towers running the king and then this we're like what the fuck and then we all watched it and it's fucking great i <laughs> I, I just think Jack Pinchuk has talked about this for no fucking and y'all had him on two top 100s back to back I'm sure you've heard plenty about it Veronica Lake is great the comedy is fantastic I think the actual idea of the story like I think I think the story being told is like a newer like I haven't, I haven't I haven't thought of that kind of story and I think that's a really fun perspective um I don't have a whole lot to add about it because again a lot of other people talked about it a lot recently, so I'm just going to say you should watch it. It's a good time. Um, and, yeah, blame Alex. Although it's great. Um, I didn't watch this because I don't respect Jack Pinchon. I'm going to be honest <laughs> with you. Um, and I didn't know it was from Alex, but same, I guess. Uh, <laughs> it's Alex, but I put them both in the same camp. Um, I don't know if that's an insult or they both be like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, as one of your own, I don't know how many people turn in to picture this, but I turn it, tune in for my 
every five minute start what? and then leave. Yeah. Oh. oh, for hell, for absolute hell! Oh, you'll, you'll um, love it. this week. We we added a segment called Daddy Watch. I think you'd be a big fan of. Mm-hmm. You realize, you realize. So when I look at my when I when I turn it on, I'm like, God, why do I do why like? I, I'm a sucky, I'm sucky host. No one will watch it. Then I watch five minutes of picture of this. I'm like, you're doing fine. You're doing fine. Keep telling yourself you're doing fine. Um, so I keep myself going. Um, Payson, did you watch I Married a Witch? I did. Uh, on the big movies exchange thing we did, uh, Jack gave me this movie, and I thought it was really good. Uh, yeah, like Smith said, I think Veronica Lake and Frederick March have a lot of uh, really fun chemistry. Just a really sweet movie. And uh, the best recommendation I think you can say about this movie, 75 minutes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that's a plus. I, I didn't know about that. Very short. Um... <laughs> Um, uh, I removed okay. myself uh, from the Kingsman a couple years ago. I got to avoid all this shit. <laughs> uh, no, Garth, you're not on it. No respect. Let's absolutely. What would you have done? Yeah. You didn't join the Kingsman. Yeah, you're not an asshole. Uh, Aaron. Yeah. yeah, you're not an asshole like I was. Uh, but uh, yeah, <laughs> no. Uh, I, I, I haven't watched this movie. Um, but, you know, when I get that Kingsman invite to the chats and parties like i will watch this and waltz and grommet <laughs> movies like no i'm kidding i'm not gonna watch this movie probably but you know if it comes across you know for like maybe the video store challenge list maybe i'll find a way to put it on that shout out to mike under 90 minutes uh no this is this is actually true after watching picture of this when i came up with round table i said my only rule is i can't have two kingsmen on at the exact same time uh helps your support That's it. and it works really well uh, because, God. Now we just need to start a really shitty podcast and do that for like 53 weeks. And Could then, you just imagine like two of them just sitting there telling inside jokes to each other while the other three sit there and have no fucking clue what it is? That's the Kingsman in a nutshell. Okay. Um, all right. We are up to – no, yeah, we're still with uh, Spence. So, Spence, what's your next one? Batman Returns. My number four is yeah. – <laughs> <laughs> not getting away from this one. Go for it, buddy. This is exactly my type of blockbuster, which is fucking weird and super horny. That's movie more movies need to have super dark gothic vibes, superheroes and latex, and they all want to fuck each other for a hundred and like thirty minutes or whatever. This is an amazing time. I, I already think that Batman is a little bit overdone in all the pop culture. I'm a little fucking sick of it. And this, this was like, this is my most recent first time Batman, everything shit of like, okay, I'm really tired. The Batman is there. Like everyone's talking about it. I just want to be done and get like a new character. I want some Green Lantern shit. I don't know. And then I watched this and I am totally revitalized because it is so much fucking fun and so weird. And like, literally like, oh yeah, the penguin did it. He's just a fucked up dude. He thinks he's a penguin and he's fucking one, 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 come in and he bites a dude's fucking house off. That's awesome! Like, if you want something truly unique, go back to 1992. Don't be like, oh, I'm gonna watch fucking Avatar 2. Fuck you. Sit down, put on a Christmas classic, and watch Danny DeVito bite a dude's face off Michelle Pfeiffer and lick Michael Keaton. That's a good time. That's a five-star movie. Um... I mean, I'm on record that Tim Burton is a fucking hack. Um, I don't, I don't really respect much the man does. Um, 
And everybody was like, what about this movie? That sucks. What about this movie? Sucks. What about, oh, you like this movie? Don't hate it. Um, he's like the less talented. Yeah, less talented Wes Anderson is what I've kind of like boiled it down to. I'll take that. I think like aesthetically, uh, like aesthetically and stuff. Like he cares more about the aesthetics and everything else than what the fuck he's putting on screen. Um, I don't know why you're talking. I'm talking. Thank you. Um, you'll get your second in a second. Um, Burton, I don't like. Um, and this movie, I don't like. Uh, I love when they, everybody puts '89 Batman in this one, and they're like, "This movie, God no, absolutely not." Like Michelle Pfeiffer's really good, but overall, I have no interest whatsoever if I never turned on a '90 '89 uh, to whenever Batman and Robin came out, like in that range of Batman ever again. Ever again. Um, it is, you're right. It's very horny. Right. Not my cup of tea. I can't wait to see Babylon. Can't wait. Because no, I no, imagine Cody, that's Cody, 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 Are you Cody, actually no. going to watch Cody, it? No. Yes. No. <laughs> oh, okay. It's going to be on someone's draft of 2022. And I, no. and I guess no what? You want to get me to not interested? Yo, if you it. ever put the word fluids in your review for this, it's like an automatic not want to check this movie out. Just saying. I know there is a lot of fluids. I don't want to see them, but I'm going to. Um, everybody else on Batman Returns. So, do our opinions on the movies brought up by other panelists affect our grade? 100%. What you say in court? That's fucking boring. What you say in court? You want to be I Why do you care about your grade? <laughs> um, movie Fire Rules. Uh, it's my favorite non-Nolan Batman and probably the most fun one to watch. Probably the first Batman movie I saw because I was like three when it came out. My father was like, three-year-old is here. It's like, yeah, Penguin, fucking bite off that face. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, I honestly, like the only reason you and Coho probably really hate this movie and find it offensive is because the fact that... Um, the penguin turns you on so much, it makes you really nervous. There's that cardinal sexuality. <laughs> I'm going to say something right now to every panelist out there. If you ever compare me to that stack of potatoes of Caleb Coho, I swear you'll you'll never be back on the show again. And me and Coho are not in the same camp. I watch movies at normal speed. He watches them faster. Okay. Oh shit, there's one of Cody's I, two jokes. I really like that you're offended by me calling you a like co but not offended by being turned on by the penguin. Imagine no, being in not. a film community. Imagine being in a film community and you watch movies faster so you can log more. <laughs> that is all the joke I need. Um, I, I don't say- need anything else. I got a message from an anonymous person the other day that was like, Coho has logged six movies. It's 10 a.m. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I, I do want to say, for the records, we all have equal treatment. Payson gave this movie five stars. Boom. Across the field, we're all on the same level. Yeah. Again, Penguin five Army forever. Five stars. If I abstain, will I be affected? If you come on this show, like I actually come on this show 
to win this show. <laughs> this is the absolute worst point to be on this show. You're so one. I don't want people to build a list to piss me off and think I'm gonna just hate watch everything. But I want you to bring movies that you absolutely enjoy and you like to talk about. Yes, I'm going to be angry and turn red and scream at people. <laughs> but if your job is to win YLS, that is the lowest bar in this entire thing. Besides being like the highest ranked best picture winner on Picture This. It means absolutely <laughs> fucking nothing. Okay. Then so what I just say but I will say, yeah, this is my second favorite Batman movie. This movie flipping rules. Uh, the production design is some of my like favorite like production design ever. I love the design of like Frozen Gotham. Like you watch this movie and you literally feel cold. Like I don't know how he does that, but you feel watch this movie and you want to bundle up. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer is incredible. Um, damn! Wow, that's right. that's that, Schultzman. Uh, yeah. <laughs> There's an is incredible. Just like that first transformation when she just comes home and wrecks her whole apartment. It's perfect. Danny DeVito is the penguin. We all know people like that that are just completely horrible and scumbag and just bite people, but somehow they get away with it because they have that power. Um, yeah, Michael Keaton, like all, Michael Keaton's still the best Batman. Like, it just he exudes Batman. His first like introduction when he's just sitting there and he's like is maybe the most Batman thing ever because there is Bruce Wayne just sitting in his mansion and he's just being sad. Like, that is what Batman does. He is just sad and then it's time to crime fight. Let's go crime fight. Like Spence said, the, the chemistry between Keaton and Pfeiffer, incredible. It's, a, it's insane that Bale and Hathaway maybe have like a percentage, maybe half a percentage of that chemistry in Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, Batman Returns kicks so much ass and yeah, Danny Elfman's score, perfect. I love, she rules. I love to, there's three things I have to say. I love that Payson was like, I'm not gonna say shit because I want to win. Two, went talk longer than Spence talked about the movie. And then three, um, I gave the movie two stars, and the two stars are for Michelle Typer. That's it. I don't think Keaton's great, but whatever. Do what you want. Say what you want about him. He's great. Um, okay. Um Aaron Number four. Yeah, the movie's good. Oh. I also <laughs> like it. I grew up with it. I think it's funny to look back on five stars. Go on. It's okay. Penguins okay. and Bob Penguins. backpacks. Yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> it's great. I hope it doesn't. Oh, this is my favorite thing. I was going to ask if Kirk's still here about your what you just said about Batman. And without a doubt, he says <laughs> he came in exactly what I need him to. So. Okay. Is anybody else worried about Payson a little bit? He said, we all know somebody that like, gets a and bites somebody and like, bites them. <laughs> You just like we broke his whole life somebody. by telling him that this doesn't matter. He had to reevaluate <laughs> everything. The real world. There are horrible people out there no. that bite people. I've never yeah. seen somebody bite someone. That's no, I mean, okay, I can confirm you. In preschool in LA, yeah. Payson bit a dude's nose off. Confirmed. I saw it happen. Uh, you're number four, Spence. Number four is Inside Man. Oh, uh, ignore my Saturday nights. This movie fucking rules. I think that it's, I need to watch more Spike Lee. And they literally damned you after watching it. I know he's gone, whatever. I need to watch more Denzel Washington. Because I, this movie is fucking stacked. Like, when I say 
that I sat there this whole running time, like how, when will it fuck up? Because it stars Clive Owen, and that is one of the most generic, boring-looking actors I've ever seen. And the fact that he can carry such like a tight and taut, tense film, I I was just absolutely fucking enthralled. This is one of the most fun times I've had watching a movie in a very long time. And I think the way that they approach a heist and an actual crime film about it not being about the job and the way that it resolves itself is so fucking good. And literally playing on like modern 2006 politics as part of the heist and taking that into account for, for the personalities of the people at the bank and the police. I, this is just so well thought out. It, 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 is, it is dense in a good way of every single part of the film that could be considered is considered to its full extent and is mastered by that point. Um, finally, a good movie. Um, yeah, Inside Man is fucking awesome. Um, probably not my top five Denzel. Um, I think it's great. Don't get me wrong, but I think Denzel just has movies that I like more. Um, but yeah, the way that he's able to... This is the most unlike Spike Lee movie he's ever made. And it's also one of like his best out there. Um, where he's able to tackle this heist... Um, the crime genre and like do a super like complex plot and make it like work. I thought it was brilliant. I really do. Um, it's always a fun watch too because you pick up things more if you watch this movie because there's different things like you notice different characters. I don't know why the Clive Owen slander had to happen. You know, shoot him he up. Looks happens, really generic. Know? Like he just seems <laughs> like a guy. Cool. Um, but overall, um, it's like man, great movie. Good choice. I'm glad you finally got to see it. Um, and Spence also messaged me after they saw Inside Man and said, what's your, like, Denzel? And I was like, I don't have Denzel ranked. It's not, like, one of those that I like the Denzel's movie. And then I included a list. And they're like, no Inside Man? That's crazy. I was like, well, I'm not going to give you a movie that you just, you just watch for Inside Man. Why was but, it sh- I thought you uh, just, like, always, like, if he's fine here, then holy shit, look at everything else. No, no, no. Uh, everything, anybody else on Inside Man? Uh, I think Inside Man is excellent. Uh, yeah, um, I think, like you said, uh, it's one of Spike Lee's like least like defining movie. I think it's also like one of it. Like, I, I think it's Spike Lee showing that he could just make like a traditional like awesome crime thriller. Um, I think one of the most fun things about this movie is you are one hundred percent on the side of both the police officers and the robbers. Like, you understand why the robbers are doing what they want to do, uh, just the tension of just everything outside the bank, I think is excellent. I think Christopher Plummer is a really great elder statesman in this movie. Uh, yeah, I think this is a great pick. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I really enjoy most Spike Lee movies, so it's nice when even kind of the un-Spike Lee movie I still enjoy, and it's probably one of my favorite Spike Lee movies at that, whatever that is supposed to mean, but, um, I, all the performances are really great. I love Clive Owen and a ton of stuff, so I don't really get that whole generic thing. But I guess a lot of people felt that way because Clive Owen's career now is, uh, I guess, on the side of Spence's opinion more. So um, I don't know what he's doing lately. Maybe he's doing some good shit. But, um, yeah, it's a great movie. And the City of a Thousand Plants. Yeah, good um, movie. Good fucking movie. Great, great movie. Hell yeah, Aaron. 
And so I got distracted by uh, Russell Westbrook getting traded. Just found that out. Um, What a day. Um, Anyways. uh, Shout out Jazz. (laughs) Shout out to Jazz. Um, Russell. Well, wait. Yeah, he's with me. Yeah. Inside Man, um, I also watched for the first time this year. I think I saw it like pieces when I worked at the movie theater in 2006. Um, Really fun. Clive Owen, sexy as hell. It's all the hells. I don't know what you're thinking of. He should have been Bond. Guy looks good. Um, Over Daniel Craig? Yeah, Daniel Craig looks like he should be in a meth house. (laughs) 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 Um, Anyways, it's a fun movie. It's great. Um, Okay. Uh, Payson, you're up. Give us your seven. Oh, boy. We're all uh, probably downhill from here. Uh, Continuing on the trail of uh, movies about uh, shit boxes, uh, my number seven is 1972's The Heartbreak Kid. Oh, great movie. Uh, Yeah. Uh, This is another one I watched for uh, Blank Check. Uh, This movie is so, so funny. Um, It is almost an anti-romantic comedy where, like, the two people that are falling in love, you absolutely kind of despise both of them and i think the best thing about this movie is that's the point elaine may absolutely knows how terrible charles groden's character is and she doesn't try to hide that uh this is a movie about a person that recently got married and while he's on his honeymoon decides uh he doesn't want to be married to this person anymore uh lasted a good few days and uh he falls in love with uh simple shepherd and the entire movie is him trying to get with simple shepherd and, uh, no, I think this movie is, ri- this movie has a scene, uh, that invite, this movie has a dinner scene of Charles Grodin talking with Sybil Shepherd's family. And it, it is him. He essentially what happens is he goes on like this big, like speech about how he really does love, uh, their daughter and just the dad sees nothing of it. And I think that's, it, it, it kills me every single time. Um, uh the um uh the ending of the movie is like weirdly poetic because like yeah nothing changes with this guy like it's it's one of those anti-character arcs where just the character is still at the exact same place uh yeah i think this is one of the funniest comedies of the 70s and uh yeah really great movie this movie yeah, that blank check stuff. Y'all or keep logging. I will never join the poll. I will never join that. Um, but I know, I know, I know. Um, I feel like left out all the time when I see everybody log, but then I realize I will not like this whatever I do, so I won't do that. Um, but I'm glad to give you some movies like this movie. I think this is good. Um, I don't think I can't remember when I've laughed as hard in a movie when he sits down. With her parents, yes, and just like explaining that he is going to marry her and like take care of her, and like, listen, I'm married right now, but I'm gonna get that taken care of. And like, the dad's <laughs> reaction, I still t- talking about it right now makes me almost like in tears, like, because his that dad's reaction, the mom's reaction, everybody like around that table, and then when she's yelling at him. And he goes, I understand how you feel, um, but I will prove wherever you go, I will follow. <laughs> this dude is, it is one of the greatest, like, piece of shit scummy performances, but automatically one of the funniest. 
And to think when I was growing up that the one with Ben Stiller was the only heartbreak kid I knew, man, it gets better if you go back in time. So, um, uh, yeah, great choice, great movie. Seven, I think it's a little low. It should be a little higher. I had such a blast with this. So, good choice. Uh, everybody else in the Heartbreak Kid. Um, yeah, I love this movie. Um, great, great movie. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the 70s, as anybody who knows my movie taste knows. And uh, Elaine May just rocks. She really is just so gets it and should be more more well known within you know just more than just a film community i don't watch the blank check podcast or listen to blank check podcast but i watched this at the beginning of last year uh just out of on a whim and uh yeah i just love how the protagonist isn't painted in like that classic rom-com positive light it's very very uh very real and yeah it's just like it's directed by elaine may uh, Lane May's just awesome. So yeah, this was my introduction to her. I never saw the remake, and I'm just not going to bother because I'll just assume the '70s version is better than most remakes. So yeah, great choice. Hopefully, it doesn't affect my grade. Um, the Heartbreak Kid, um, really good movie. Elaine May was uh two years ago in Blink Check. Fucking fake fan pacing over here. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it in 2021, baby. Um, live with it. Uh, anyways, I, it's really fun. I will say, like, my late May of choice would be New Leaf, I think. Um, yeah. Part of the reason, like, this, you know, um, depends a lot on the awkwardness of situations, which can be funny. But also, I think I um, am more drawn by the, like, endearing qualities of a, com- of a comedy rather than, uh, you know, being really nervous and uncomfortable, which I can enjoy to an extent, but it's never going to be something that is is, is my favorite. But yeah, Charles Grohn's an all-timer. He's one of my favorites. He appeared in a Muppet movie that's makes enough to make him an all-timer. Um, great guy. Have not seen. You haven't? Oh, this. I, I thought you were talking about great Muppet Caper. <laughs> that's, that's my secondary Muppet movie. I fucking love that. Yeah. All right, Pace, and tell us what Kingsman choice you have next. Absolutely. Uh, continuing the train of a shitbox cinema, we got Sideways. Yeah, uh, this is one that was uh, recommended to me by uh, Caleb Coho, and I loved it. Uh, as you can probably tell, I like movies about uh, broken people. And uh, Paul Giamatti's character in this movie, Miles, he is a struggling writer who recently uh, got out of a failing marriage. And just his journey through this movie, I think, is... Alexander Payne has a great way of just capturing the humanity of someone in this situation where just him and his friend Jack, who is just a scumbag played by Thomas Hayden Church. He plays it wonderfully, but just an absolute scumbag like actor guy who is just on the verge of getting married and just wants to go on this trip just to cheat on his fiance. But um, I think the dynamic of the two works really, really well and how they both sort of see the trip in a different way. Miles just doesn't want to be on the trip, but is okay going because he just loves wine and wants to taste wine. Uh, The scenes where Paul Giamatti and Virginia Madsen talk about just this one thing, it just reminds you that, like, yeah, just sometimes passion just comes from different things. And, like, um, it's always just great to have just conversations about things you love. Um, The scene where just miles as friend of the year goes back to a house that uh jack was having sex with to get his friend's wallet even though 
the husband is there and he could get his ass beaten is great. Uh, yeah, this this movie won Best Adapted Screenplay. Completely deserved it. The ending is uh, excellent. Um, yeah, Sideways is, a, is an incredible film. Oh, yeah, and like Tony said, not drinking any fucking Merlot. How much you wouldn't have done that, but okay. Um, I... Uh... I have not. This is a movie I wanted to revisit. Um, everybody knows how I feel about that sack of potatoes. When he likes movies, I don't like them as much anymore. Um, That's fair. Uh, but I didn't get a chance to. Write. I really don't like Thomas Hayden Church, like as an actor. I he's he's always in, like annoyed me since George of the Jungle, and I think that just stems <laughs> from my childhood. Like he kind of ruined it because he was such a dick to George. Um, the first person that was probably really rude to Brendan Fraser. Um, so I like stayed, I stayed, I stayed away from that. Um, um, but overall, um, I think I remember, I told you really good. That's all I remember from this. I know he's really good in this. So, um, I just think it's funny that they love, like those two love this movie so much, I guess, cause it's just Paul Giamatti, but, um, yeah, uh, I would have put Heartbreak Kid higher, but I understand. <laughs> Everybody else in this. Very good. Very good time. Uh, the, the the two fucks that run the faction, basically, talk about it too much. I think that, that, that hampers my excitement a little bit, but I think this is still like a really great movie, really great time. Um, I have not seen it. I was thumbs up in my Muppet follow. Yeah. I liked I liked it pretty well. It's one I've wanted to be revisiting because I do really like a lot of uh, Payne's other work. But um, I kind of saw this when I was pretty young, so I think a lot of uh, it kind of went over my head. So I'd like to revisit it now. I'm a little older, um, but yeah, it was it was okay You're... when I saw it. I saw it when I was like 18. So uh, I, I was hoping it was like six. Like, yeah, yeah not like not like Batman Returns. I wasn't raised yeah. on it like Batman Returns. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I think I was like 13 when it came out. I almost went to this in theaters. So nice. Okay, what's your next one? Uh, Downward spiral uh, continues for me because uh, my number five is Cody Newberry's favorite. It's Francis Ha. (laughs) (laughs) I got Kirk back on my side. Uh, Yeah, I was recommended this movie just from recommendations in the community from everyone, specifically Boat, Scott, Kirk. I know Zach really loves it as well. Um, uh, he's, he's giving me the bird like a young early. I was first on the trade. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, um, this is maybe the most relatable film of all time. Like, as someone who is also in my mid twenties and whose life is completely out of whack. Yeah, the character of Francis is maybe one of my favorite movie characters of all time. Greta Gerwig absolutely captures, like, the awkwardness of trying to find yourself at that age when, like, your friend, like, leaves you because they're trying to pursue their career. And you just, your life is so in shambles, you don't know what you're trying to do, except you want to follow your dream, in which case Francis wants to become a dancer. And, um... I love just the aesthetic of this movie being shot in black and white. That score of dun, 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 it just feels so like heartwarming. It's just a really comforting movie in a weird way. Like I rewatched it earlier this year and just man, it's 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 less than an hour and a half, so like it's a really quick watch. The soundtrack is excellent. If during the modern love scene, like I low key just wanted to pause the movie and just go out and just 
run through my stream just doing it. I wait until the end of the movie to do it, but it's just so good. Uh, Noah Baumbach is starting to become like a director I really, really love with uh, this. And the, I, I watched the Meyerowitz stories earlier this year, and that's another really, really great movie. Um, this year, this year, so I couldn't talk about it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I love Francis Ha. Francis Ha. Yeah, right. Um, listen, there's a director, Noah Baumbach, that I didn't think I'd like, <laughs> to be honest with you. I like every movie that I've watched of his, except this one. It's the one I just don't like. Um, have people have told movie? me that. I haven't seen White Noise yet. It does not um, seem like a Cody movie. Well, I've seen the review. I've seen Fucking the reviews. <laughs> I've seen movie. the reviews. I've seen the reviews. I'm scared, so probably will um, stay away. You might, you might need to watch it by the time we get to the draft. <laughs> oh, perfect. Never mind. White Noise, here we come. That in Babylon. I'm going to do a double feature. Anybody want to join Call and watch Call? Okay, anyways. Um, I'll be in there for hell. Um, no, I just don't like this movie. You said most relatable. I mean, there are just over bombbacks that I would definitely over prefer. I can see why people like this. I guess the part is I won't ever watch this movie again, probably. But I really wish there was like video evidence of uh, you in Arizona uh, running out of your house and doing this in the streets because I think that would be the better story than Prince. I'll record so, myself next time. I'll go. Uh, let's just no. If it was natural, like it was, it was just like, like you know, aerial view or something, that's fine. You, you're gonna put actual to it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna watch that. I'll I'll ban you. Um, okay, uh, Zach, do you want to say more about Francis Hobb? You can lead, and then everyone else can just yeah. No Bombax, one of my guys. Uh, Greta Gerwig, like my all-time favorite. I will say my greatest pain of 2023, and I have messaged Scott nonstop about this. I'm like so fucking pissed at him um, that he um, threw a match in Courage Coho to watch all Greta Gerwig movies and watch him fucking log Greta Gerwig movies and like reverse ratings has fucking destroyed my mind. Uh, just like fucking, fucking couldn't. Like Lola versus fucking good movie. And then he's like, Fucking Mistress America is bullshit. No, I, I'm not. I'm not you don't, how do you feel about Arthur? Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, fucking yeah, Arthur is like his highest like drug. Ah, somebody sent me that review. Somebody sent me that review of his. He goes, I actually like this. I said, Of course, you idiot. You liked Arthur. No one else did, but it's him. Um, so. He he watched Greta Gerwig all wrong. The future mom of Thea. I'm still trying to plan out how to dispose of my child into her care, um, but it'll, it'll happen. Yeah, fuck this movie. Fuck Noah Baumbach. Uh, this doesn't work at all. I, I, I don't know if I hate it, but it's not good. I don't like watching it. I've definitely been friends with many Francis Oz. I maybe not her, but a lot of friends. I, I am friends. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. But, yeah, I agree with Zach and Payson. I love this movie, and uh, yeah, it's a great sequel to Lady Bird. So you gotta love it at that also. So honestly, prequel. Yeah, it came out before. <laughs> no, it's it, but it's a see, but you know, it's a oh, sequel. sequel to that. Canon, I got you. Canon yeah, wise, I'm picking up Does she jump out of a car too? I don't remember. But oh, okay, uh, <laughs> her arm still broken. <laughs> yeah, cast <laughs> is on the bookshelf behind her. No, All right, kidding. what is your four? Uh, my four is After Hours. Uh, there's another uh, wonderful, beautiful man in this community. His name is Tim Burkala, and uh, he has a show called Logged It, 
And uh, this was one of the movies of the month. And uh, I adore this film. Uh, this is a movie I watched twice last year just because I think it's just so much fun. Uh, essentially, this is about a businessman in New York. He gets asked out on a date uh, one night, and that night slowly becomes the worst night of his life. Uh, one of the reasons I love this movie is because I just think uh, Scorsese has a really great way of making New York City feel like a character. And uh, just sit I got you there. <laughs> uh, just at night, just feeling how like scummy everything in this movie feels and just so dirty and all the like different characters that Paul played by Griffin Dunn, who like captures the anxiety of this situation so perfectly. It starts as, as like annoyance and then just becomes like, I just want to get home. I got to work in the morning. Um, just meeting Terry Gar, who's just a waitress that weirdly wants to, to get with him, but he does not care. Um, John Hurd, who like the woman who asked him out, like that's her boyfriend. And he wants her to go and check if, if uh, she's alive in his apartment. Um, just uh, there's there's a hilarious scene in this movie where like it's like midway through the movie. There's like an entire mob chasing him and he looks inside of a window and he sees a wife killing her husband. And is like, well, I'll probably be blamed for that. Uh, just the way how this movie ends, like how he gets away with the situation of like going into like this like uh, like gay nightclub is excellent. And just the ending is like perfect. It's it's ninety minutes. It's maybe it's probably my third favorite Scorsese movie. It's it's so much fun. Yeah, I really like this movie. I like Scorsese. He's a cool dude. Um, it's not my favorite by any means. Um, probably not in my like close to top ten. I would say maybe. Um, it's it feels very different than what he's normal he's used to doing, which is a boat like a recipe for boatmen to always say. I like it when it's not the same as normal, but I like more crime aspect. But this movie is like a wild trip. Like he must have had the most fun making this movie for where he like goes throughout. Like it feels like nothing that Scorsese's ever done. Um, so again, if you haven't seen it, I would definitely check it out. It's a I bet if you just showed somebody this, I don't know if they would. I don't know if they would guess that it's Scorsese. Like I think this is one of those movies that would blend in. You could have guessed anybody to direct this one. So, um, and yes, I guess New York's a character, just like Gotham. Um, everybody else on After Hours. It was almost Tim Burton's first movie. What an alternate universe we could have been living in with Cody right now. <laughs> this is a Bean Burton's movie. Um, but yeah, really, it's really, it's really fun. Um, uh, Scorsese, you know, gets pegged as the gangster guy. You gotta watch his other movies that aren't just Goodfellas and stuff because um, he is much more versatile. They give credit for still New York. Everything has to be fucking New York. Um, but but it's a different side, that dark nightlife side of New York. He he understands all aspects of what it means to be in that city. Um, also, Catherine O'Hare forever. Ow. Oh, she's so good in this movie. I I have pitched this movie to Cody multiple times, and I know he said, "I hope you're not the only one." So I'm going to watch it, and I'm probably going to like it. And, yeah, because this movie is fucking great. One of one of the higher-rated Scorsese's for me, like, I know, I know that, like, some of his films I have hot takes about, but, like, this is, like, super fun. And it's so good. They made a Ted Lasso episode in dedication to it. That's how you know, like, oh, this really, like, fucks. 
Yeah, I like this movie too. I like movies that take place in one night where everything goes wrong. Uh, this and Miracle Mile are like my Miracle two Mile favorite. Is excellent. Um, yeah, that, I'd probably prefer Miracle Mile a little more just because I like my movies weirder. But this is a weird Scorsese, so you know it works for me. Nice. All right, Zach, take it away. Uh, okay, run it because I don't know what my list is. Number seven. The piano. Um, speaking of blank check. Uh, anyways, <laughs> at least unlike Payson, who we're, we're learning every single movie on his list is because someone else dictated that he watched the movie. Um, never watching movies to his own accord. <laughs> at least I have variety. Uh, I have some free will. Uh, piano. Uh, a, a lovely movie. A sad movie. Uh, Sad and beautiful. It's like the best combination that you, you can bring. And Jane Capian does it great. Um, she's always has this a slight bit of cork um, without losing the realism um, that helps add the intrigue to it, helps make it very memorable. You know, this is another very sexual movie and uncomfortably at times, um, controversial at times, um, but still very meaningful in its use of it and, and still very like there's so much depth. And the understanding of that Anna Paquin giving you know a, a great kid performance. Um, so the plucky little kid that has to be the translator for Holly Hunter's um, as her deaf mom. Um, Holly Hunter, you know, it's just some great silent acting here as, as the mute mom, um, delivering so much in her face, delivering strength, and you know also sometimes the weakness that people are more kind of putting onto her as a woman. But there's just that secret strength and real emotion and real identity um, bubbling underneath. Also, there's a piano on the beach, which sounds like a great life. I would love to play a piano on the beach. Um, it'd be perfect. Um, so, uh, great movie. Oh, last thought. Jungles. Best place to put a movie. It makes it beautiful automatically. You leave the beach, you go into a jungle. That, that's where they're living. Like, or like a forest. I'll show you a forest. Um, it, so much green and trees and life. It's beautiful. Watch Jungle Book. It's the best. In the jungle, the mighty jungle. The Shut light. up. Um, that can get you like kicked from the show. Um, yeah, I watched this movie last year. I, uh, I think it was last year that I watched this. Um, I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. It's like a magic combination. Like, I think it was a good movie. I think overall, it just didn't have like. It had my attention, but it wasn't a movie that I'm going to ever run back to. Um, that one scene, too, is just really painful to watch. Um, if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, we'll watch it. Um, so, um, but I agree with you. It is, it is, it is beautiful. It's a beautiful film. Like I think Holly Hunter is like one of the most underrated actresses of like, like she's. She's not. She's everybody knows she's a good actor, but actress. But she's not spoken in the same regards as some or to that popularity. I think she's absolutely incredible in this movie. Um, yeah, good choice. Um, seven, sure. Uh, but I'm glad you will watch a podcast to let you watch, tell you what movies to watch. So that's good. Um, Aaron, what's your thoughts? Have you seen this? Uh, you, I'm glad you went to me first, Cody, because for the first time on this list, I haven't seen the movie. Uh, unfortunately, I don't listen to podcasts, but I do take suggestions. So if you want to send them my way, anybody, go ahead. I'll take them. Mm. I also make my own decisions. Like, I, you know, who cares? <laughs> like, <laughs> watch the piano. 
Um, okay. I, I will not. You said it. I have a reason to. I can say someone told me to. I don't know if Spence has seen the panel. Spence uh, doesn't exist. Uh, I have. Uh, I watched it for the same reason that Zach did. Oh, uh, I really forgot. Hold on for a second. I forgot that you weren't talking anymore. I thought it was. I just thought you were just being. Still. I thought you were just being nice to me for once. And no, like, oh, I, so oh, okay, I thought Spence right. off, and I. So you had no choice, but so you had to go to me. Got it. I knew this was blank job, blank check. So I was like, "This is a patient pick." So we just talked, <laughs> and Zach was just finishing talking, and Spence wasn't going. So sorry, my bad, patient. No worries. Thanks for going to me yeah. first. You're good. Yeah, this is a really great movie. Uh, I think Jane Campion is a really great way of capturing like emotions, and she does that really, really well in this movie. I think Anna Paquin is honestly probably my favorite performance in this movie. Like Zach said, she just carries so much of the dialogue and so much of the movie is on her back, and I think that's excellent. Uh, Harvey Keitel just coming in and just banging another man's wife. Like, holy shit! Like, what are we doing, Keitel? And Sam Neill kind of looks like a cuck, so like it, it kind of makes sense. Uh, and then, yeah, Holly Hunter, excellent actress. Uh, probably should have went for broadcast news, but this is also, like, a deserving win. You just destroyed Mike Hanley's heart by calling Sam Neill Cock. In this movie. In this movie. In this movie. <laughs> um, Spence does not have this movie log, so we'll just move on. Uh, Zach, since you don't know, can you at least just... I, I got my list up. Number six oh. is uh, Blow Up. Or Blow Out. Sorry, Blow Out. Wrong one. Oh. <laughs> I see them both. Um Blowout, my second De Palma list. It's the last one, don't worry. I'm trying to get some of the, because I, I have always really liked De Palma. Carrie's like my favorite horror movie of all time. So I'm like, I need to watch some of these big ones. Um, Blowout Rules, once again, beautiful, gorgeous to look at trash. Uh, it, 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 it's sexy when it needs to be. It, it's a little scary when it needs to be. Um, it's also like prestige at times when it needs to be still like, use the camera to make remarkable shots. Like when it's, um, you know, John Travolta, trying to solve out this, you know, conspiracy by, by using his audio skills. And um, then they like, the camera rotates around as he like sees all his stuff damage is fucking beautiful. Um, but definitely the best part of the movie is just like watching his film know-how, watching him try to like recreate the sound in the film. Um, it is for, so for like movie lovers, there's a little bit of like behind the scenes on um, how to do it and it makes me want to go to film school so I can solve murders. Um, it's my goal. Yeah. And John Travolta, given one of his best performances, just really understands the vibe that's needed for this. Uh, Blood is awesome. I watched this, I think, a couple of years ago. I think it's a, I think it's great. Um, it's one of those movies that's been asked a lot in trivia, so like I gathered stuff up from it while watching before watching it. Uh, but I think it lives up to all the hype. Um, I'm also, I like De Palma a lot. I think he's a fantastic director. Um, so great choice overall. I think Blowout. If you haven't seen it, go definitely check it out. Make that your, make that one of your new watches of 2023. Then you can be on the show next year and talk about the exact same movie. Um, <laughs> Let's someone just watch all the same exact movies and just repeat the show. And they say, it's going to be on um, all right, Payson or Aaron, because I think Spence has um, finally got that DoorDash order that they messed up. So. Go ahead, Payson. Uh, I haven't seen it. Uh, I've heard great things. Yeah. Um, I love De Palma. He's one of my favorite directors of all time. Um, this movie's not trash. It's seedy. Um, and it's the seedy, the conversation. It really is. Uh, John Travolta's great in it, but 
John Lithgow is like just makes everything better, uh, including season four of Dexter, um, the best season of Dexter that there will ever be. Nancy Allen, just like everybody is great in it. Um, yeah, I, I love the movie. Great pick. Yeah, okay. number five. Uh, we can all talk about this short because it's talked about been five million times. The biggest thing is me revealing that I just watched this movie. Um, I say first time watching quotations. I'll explain in a second. Um, but it's Fellowship of the Ring. I watched Lord of the Rings last year, guys. Um, all of them. Um, I uh, I say I always say quotations because technically I saw all of them in theaters and I slept during every single one of them mm-hmm. when they came out and I can't tell you anything. And then usually for my first time watches, I don't count anything before I was 18 because my memory barely remembers two months ago. Um, so, yeah, this is easily my favorite one of the bunch, I think, because war, boring, friendship, hanging out in the Elfin Village, fucking rules. Um I, I, I like the, I love making a team kind of movies, and that's what this one's all about. So that bonding, making a team, even though they kind of split apart for the rest of the series. Um, but they do. There's so much care and love in the world building and the character building that you can just um, fully embrace um, what Peter Jackson's to give you right away with this movie. Um, so that's it. Everyone said everything that's ever been said about this movie. Yeah, if anybody has anything new to say about Lord of the Rings, we'll go on a show and talk about it at some point. But yeah, Spence, <laughs> do you want? Do you have something? Oh, I have something new to say. This fucking sucks. It's awful. It is the second worst Middle Earth movie, and that's ahead of Uncharted Journey. I fucking despise watching this. You're an idiot. You're you're so dumb. <laughs> They just walk for three fucking hours. Nothing happens. I hate it. It's the most boring. Is, is Lord of the Rings the real slow cinema? Oh my god, that's just funny. Okay, whatever. Um. Okay, and your final one. Number four. I know Cody watched it because I put this as a blind pick for a round table. I just picked stuff I haven't seen before to make myself watch it. It's Paper Moon. Um, Paper Moon. Fucking delightful father-daughter caper with uh, a real problematic father-daughter in real life. Um, but at least on screen, um, they can play off each other real well. Tatum O'Neill, precocious kids can be real exhausting, but she probably did it the best of um, what anyone could do. Um, she can go, you know, step for step. Um, as, as a con person, she, she you know, seems just as smart um, as Ryan O'Neill's character throughout this, maybe even smarter. She's really the one uh, that that you can see making the tricks work. She helps kind of his business of trying to sell Bibles um, function a little better. And I I think that's really important to that dynamic. Um, But really it's just like a fun road trip movie. I also love Madeline Kahn. Always like same with Catherine Ha, they're a great Catherine O'Hara. They're my like all timer comedic legends. and and she's really funny in this. Um, gives a short performance. Has some, she walks really disgruntled up a hill. It's great to see. Um, <laughs> Paper Moon. Fucking rules. Can't wait to rewatch it. Um, yeah. Um, it's a rare thing when somebody comes on around and just picks a movie they've never seen before. Um, it's actually the current episode that's coming up um, that we're about to film. Uh, two people pick movies they've never seen before. So it's you're starting a trend. trend. I said before the show started, somebody picked a movie tonight that is currently in like top 100. 
Uh, this one I saw before it, so it's not that one. Uh, but this one would be in my top 100. Uh, after maybe of another watch, I don't want to like jump the gun. But I absolutely loved this movie. I thought this movie was absolutely incredible. Um, the performance that Tatum O'Neill is giving at that age, and like the the back and forth with her and her dad, um, just absolutely brilliant in this movie. I there's even an awkward like wrestling match at one point in this movie, and it's you're supposed to be like throw it off the rails. Nope, worked perfectly, and I'm all for it. So um, I would definitely suggest this movie for anybody. I think he is a fan. I think I've watched now a few of his movies. I just think he's he's gone a way of telling stories that is just that works for me. So uh, go check it out. Um, how many people here have seen Paper Moon? Okay. Aaron, go ahead and tell us about it. Uh, yeah, I uh, echo the Peter Bogdanovich love for sure. Uh, this is a this is a beautiful movie um, and definitely with uh, both actors uh, definitely acting a lot when you know the real story behind it. It does make kind of it amazing that this movie was able to be done the way it was. But yeah, it's just beautifully filmed as well. Um, yeah, it's just a just a great one. I haven't seen it in a few years, but I do a rewatch for sure. I literally just clicked mute just to say it's up to Aaron, so that's really great for me. I'm on a new low. Um, all right, Aaron, what is your seven? Um, so my did did Spence have anything to say on Paper Moon or no? Okay, cool. Uh, my seven. Uh, Zach said a little while ago he does not like being uncomfortable and kind of offended. Uh, this movie definitely is that, and uh, I think it was done quite intentionally. So it's 1997's In the Company of Men. Uh, directed by Neil LaVoot. Uh, this movie, unfortunately, hasn't aged at all because a lot of the commentary, I think, can still be used today. And I think it's kind of responsible for a lot of the commentary. Like, the main character's name was Chad, and this was before kind of that was used as uh, the term it is used as today. So Aaron Eckhart plays, like, an like super misogynistic main character. Martin Malloy plays, like, the hurt, recently single other guy who like wants to find a woman and like they go out and they try to find the most innocent woman possible and like ruin her also has a lot of workplace dynamics to it as well um and it's super dark it's a super dark comedy like you could honestly classify it as a horror movie uh social horror movie at that uh but uh yeah it could have been made in 2022 as a dark comedy still it was made in 1997 I don't think it was really understood when it was released, I'm sure. I'm not really sure if it is now. Neil LeBute, not exactly super well-received most of the time. Uh, not the bees uh, and others. But, yeah, I uh, unfortunately laughed a lot and then felt bad for the laughter. And uh, in the end, it's not just done to be mean. I think there's a lot of intention if you are able to stick through it to the end and see through some of the offensiveness of it because I think it does have kind of a heart and brain behind it. And yeah, I'd be interested. To, I doubt anybody else has watched this, and I'd be interested if you watched it, Cody. Damn it. Uh, I didn't. Um, I almost, like, I, I was planning on it. I'm going to watch it after, um, and I'll let you know how I feel. Um, but the only person I, in this community that I follow watched it um, and said uh, it was Nazario, and he gave it five stars and said savage, just savage. So I don't know how to take that from a Nazario angle. That could be really bad. It is. He gave, he, 
there's like a really disturbing movie. I think I gave somebody for like a, a losing an Oscar bet, and he um, he gave he gave that movie like three and a half stars. <laughs> like it's so troubling. So who knows what that five star means for Nazario? But anybody else seen this movie? Uh, shout out to Munchkin Leader Chad. Great YLS moment. There. I don't remember yeah. that, but you oh, don't. Oh, okay, <laughs> now I know. Mayor of the Munchkin City, not leader of the Munchkin. Do you have respect? Yeah, fuck Chad. Okay, um, still got my part from Wizard of Oz. Uh, that's okay. Ah, uh, had to be there. All right. Uh, okay. All good. Great start to the list here. No one, including the host, seeing my seven, but maybe <laughs> my six someone has seen. I think at least one person on this panel, maybe more. Uh, the 80s. I was in a dark comedy classic uh, sort of mood, I guess, when I was in the middle of my list here because I went with 1980. Well, I don't know. Something. Heathers. Uh, Michael Lehman's directed Heathers. Uh, this shit fucking rules. Uh, right away from like the opening scene, I'm just completely hooked into this movie. It's one of these movies where I did turn off the subtitles because I didn't want one second of it spoiled by like seeing it on the screen. And I was just listening to it so intently. And I just think it's one of the most sharply written comedies like of all time. I love Christian Slater and Winona Ryder, all the above. I mean, the music's great. Uh, it tackles a very difficult subject. I think, in a, again, not just a mean for mean sake way, although some of it's kind of mean, but just it has a ton of heart again. And uh, sucks that the TV show got canceled. I would have loved to see a TV series under with like this kind of uh, worldview, but maybe it's for the better. But uh, either way, uh, the movie is amazing. Uh, if it came out now, it'd be made by my production company, I'm sure. So, you know, I have to love it. So, yeah. Heathers. Um. I was told not to watch this movie for the longest time because people thought it was not a Cody movie. Um, I love this movie. I think this movie is absolutely great. Um, I didn't watch it for this. I watched it previous. Um, but no, it's absolute. I haven't seen the musical. I know people like love the musical and say it's really good. I just thought this movie just worked in every way. Like the the dark comedy that they're able to uh, to portray in this movie just is. Outstanding. Um, um, I think it's shot really well too, and I don't normally pick up like care about that stuff at all, like how it's shot. Um, Winona Ryder is like fantastic in this film, like so. Um, no, great choice. I'm glad you finally got to watch others. Um, yeah, it's super good. Everybody else, uh, Spence had an aneurysm when you said Heather, so <laughs> we'll go to Spence first. Like Heather's question mark. Oh, it's 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 a great time. Uh, it fucking rules. It's so fucked up. It's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Great cast. And you know what? It's not even the best version of Heather's. When it's that fucking good and it can be better. I can't wait to I'll check out the musical very soon then. Don't 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 watch the Roku thing at shit. Like right. listen, like find find a rip. The rip is better. Got it. Appreciate that. Good enough. Payson? Yeah, this movie is hilarious. Uh, talk about a movie you could not make today with <laughs> topics it tackles in a comedic way. Just a movie gives zero Fs, and I love it for that. Yeah, Winona Ryder, the entire cast to me is fantastic. Like, Winona Ryder is excellent. Christian Slater is such a funny villain of like this guy you think is cool at first, and then you realize is like, oh, you're just like a sociopath. Uh, all three of the actors that play the Heathers are great. 
Heather Duke is the best of the Heathers, but we can have that conversation for another day. Uh, just the the costume choice and the colors are all iconic. Uh, very quotable dialogue. It sucks that Michael Lehman had to go and make uh, the shit box of Hudson Hawk after this, but Heather's is an excellent, excellent movie. Zach Ford. I haven't seen it. Okay, perfect. Sure. Okay. Good, good, good. Uh, your number five. Uh, so my number five, uh, I know that I suggested this movie to a uh, suggestible movie fan on this panel uh, who did end up watching it and liking it. I'm wondering if it is on his list as well. Uh, Robert Altman rules, and this is my favorite Robert Altman movie. It is Bud Court starring... Not Harold and Maude, because that's not directed by Robert Altman, but Brewster McCloud. Yikes! Finally get to say it. I figured this was a yikes. Can't wait to talk about that at a later point. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Oh, okay. Um, (laughs) Uh, All right, you're four. Uh, What was my four? Uh, My four is, oh, Wild at Heart. Uh, David Lynch's Wild at Heart, uh, Wizard of Oz with pop music and the craziest visuals of all time and the best snakeskin jacket soliloquy you'll ever hear. Uh, That will only make sense if you've seen the movie. Um, And maybe if you've seen the movie, it still won't make sense. But it's one of my favorite Nicolas Cage roles. uh, And I've seen all of uh, most of his roles at this point. Um, And this is towards the top with Vampire's Kiss and a few others. But uh, yeah. just hearing Willem Dafoe address Nicolas Cage as Mr. Big Balls is enough for me to put this at number four. And uh, yeah, you know, is another movie with a ton of heart to go with it. Palm Dior winner. So yeah, it's got the acclaim that Cody's looking for in a list. So I had to pander here some with Wild at Heart. Who's seen it? So there was a group of people that I mentioned of the movies I have to watch. I said these three words and everybody went, oh, Cody. <laughs> so I didn't get to it, but I will watch it and let you know how I feel about it after. Um, but like, it was, it's never a really good sign when somebody sends me a list, I have no indication of them when I say that I'm watching something and a bunch of people are like, ugh. Doesn't make me want to hit the play button anytime soon. So, um, uh, but I have seen your five that you will bring up when you're talking about that. Um, anybody else seen this movie? Nope. I have not, but it sounds super interesting. And I the descri- it. Wait, how you described it <laughs> makes it seem like it's not a main movie, but we'll find out. Um, it's an it also has Nick Cage. Does it have Nick Cage in it, right? Oh, it yeah. sure does. Yeah, and I'm not a rage cage, so we'll see oh, what happens. This is um, good luck. Okay, fair. Okay. <laughs> All right, so we're going to trade one, uh, threes, twos, ones. So, Spence, what's your three? If there's one thing me and Cody can agree about, it's that sometimes kids are the fucking worst. The children's hour. No. Oh, uh, <laughs> this bitch. <laughs> Uh, if there was a child who I could use as a football, it'd be the fucking kid in this movie. <laughs> and, I mean, yeah, this is sort of perfect. I think that this, I I adore the story being told. 
the idea of outing but not and then questioning and where lines of trust and who do you who you thought liked you and supported you actually didn't want one bad thing to come out comes out about you it's such a hard line to follow and i think this movie does it perfectly uh, obviously audrey hepburn and sean mclean amazing almost never better like this is like like i think for both of them like it's like their second best performance each like it's they're in fucking incredible and nothing really comes close that ending unmatched genuinely just a perfect ending um this i will say watching this it felt like i would have been andrew barr in top 100 where i literally would have put audrey hepburn Shirley mclean right next to each other for, I, I would have had a closer moment and then i would have had like i genuinely was like james garner is way better than he should be um so yeah there's that also a movie came out this year or 2022 which is the same vibes as this but not that i would recommend but i don't want to say what it is because it's a spoiler but cody if you like this you should watch that one that i messaged you about like six months ago have i seen that movie no oh uh bump it or remind me in the the chat i don't remember um uh i've been on record that i think audrey hepburn is very overrated um i will say that i I don't, I don't love her acting. I don't think she's absolutely incredible in everything. I don't think like she's like the goddess of cinema. I just don't like um, uh, this movie. I thought she was really good in. She does still like. And I think it's just acting choices back then. Like, yeah, it's a very dramatic movie. And I'm with you. If you could punt kick a child, child definitely deserves to be eaten. But, like, her, like, I hate when she's in movies and she's just, like, this dramatic, like, turn away and, like, that's where she, like, has to be sad, like, has to be front-facing. Like, I think it's just bad direction of the times. I really do. For her. I think Shirley MacLaine is absolutely incredible in this movie. Shirley MacLaine is great. Like, and Audrey Hepburn's good, too, but I just don't think, I don't think they're on the same plane, like, the same field. Because I think Shirley MacLaine is a mild better actress than Audrey Hepburn, just my opinion. Um, and again, there are movies that she does rise to like great status. She's just not all there. So this movie is very good, very good. Um, I forgot to log it. Uh, I watched it the same day I watched the other ones. Um, but it's just, I would definitely suggest watching this uh, for the time frame of when it came out and like the story that they're telling. Really good and two like at that time powerhouses, you know, coming together to do a film together. Kind of sweet. So, yeah, I would tell everybody to check it out. Anybody else seen The Children's Out? Go ahead, Aaron. Yeah, love this movie. Uh, hate the little girl. Um, can't say much more than that. I that you guys have said, to be honest. Um, but yeah, it's one of my favorite Hepburn movies for sure. That's wild. Um, I uh, have such bad memory. I don't remember why it likes me, but according to my light box, I gave it two and a half stars out of five. Um, calling it Audrey Hepburn's best, one of her best movies is just a wild take to me. I said it was one of my I, favorite Hepburn movies. I don't rate them as okay. best. But. No, you said one of the favorite. There has to be a limit. You can't say one of my 30 favorite. Then why why even call it a favorite? I think I can. But all right. You need to create a letter box. Fine, this fine, fine. <laughs> all right. Two and a half stars uh, is not bold at all. Go ahead. Tell us why right. it sucks. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. 
okay. I will say, cool. I will say Audrey Hepburn, though. Uh, by the way, it's bad, bad in this movie. That's the only thing I remember. Um, and I would say why is because she is much more competitive than played. She's just like, she depends on the movie star charm. She's a movie star actress, and this is not the right vehicle for it. Roman Holiday is the right movie star kind of vehicle. I deeply love Funny Face, which I know a lot of people hate. Um, it's a movie star vehicle. Uh, <laughs> and I'm standing down forever, guys. Um, but are you saying that her performance in, this, in that is better than in this? She's just so good in Funny Face because it's her Jesus. charm that utilizes on everything. She dances in a jazz club and does funny moves. It's great. Um and and this and she thinks she can't sell it. She's just not the, the true like theater actor. This is much more of like a theater kind of show that this needs. Before I let anybody else talk, Payson, have you seen this? I have. Okay, well I'll come to you in a second. Um, so I've seen thirteen Audrey Hepburn films, which is about equivalent to how many films Coho uh, has seen about Jimmy Stewart, and he's an expert on Jimmy Stewart. So I'm technically an expert on Audrey Hepburn now, and I will say that she's not that great of an actress. Okay. Um, uh, go ahead, Pace. Yeah, uh, I watched this movie earlier this year for trivia, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, really, like, haunting portrayal of, like, the times and, like, yeah, this sort of thing totally could get people, like, fired from their job, which is kind of terrible when you think about it. Um, uh, I'm not even going to say kind of. Pretty terrible when you think... Uh, very terrible when you think about it. Uh, like everyone said, uh, that kid should have been drowned in the lake. Uh, there was probably a lake out there. They probably could have drowned her. Um, I think she should have been jail for killing yeah. kids. Uh, well, you know... <laughs> you do. Uh, Shirley McLean, I think, is uh, excellent in this movie. I think probably my favorite performance and i just think just what happens with her character throughout the movie is uh really really sad uh i watched a lot of hepburn movies earlier this year for reasons and uh this is one of the better ones so yeah are you an expert now um but i will say <laughs> you gave this movie two and a half stars i gave funny face two and a half stars and my exactly because it didn't help my opinion to hepburn but i also want to say something to hepburn's defense this poor woman had to uh, fall in love with so many old geezers. Um, I feel so bad for her. This especially yeah. funny face where she's the 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 crypt keeper Fred Astaire. <laughs> terrible, terrible decision by Hollywood. Makes no sense. Um, she she has more daddy thing. issues than Steven Spielberg. <laughs> Tell you about. Um, oh, that's so sad. Okay, um, one, two, three. I'm dead. Uh, <laughs> remember when I said earlier that uh, my 2023 isn't going so well? My three is Melancholia. Uh, Spence, Cody, I don't need to get into specifics. You know I've been dealing with some stuff. Uh, and sometimes a movie comes and uh, hits you at the perfect time. Uh, let's get this out of the way first. Lars von Trier, you're a garbage human being. Okay. Uh, next. Uh, he really? He's a, no, he's a literal horrible. Nazi. Literal horrible. Nazi. Horrible. Oh, okay. Yes. Oh, okay. Didn't know. Yeah. Didn't check the tabloids. My bad. Uh, the way how this movie, uh, in case anyone doesn't know, uh, this is a movie about um, a planet that is uh, colliding with Earth. Uh, people don't think it is. And then slowly as it gets uh, closer... Uh, they realize, oh shit, there's nothing we can really do, so I think we just gotta wait out and 
enjoy ourselves while we can. Uh, the way how this movie portrays uh, depression is incredible. Um, the opening wedding scene is so heartbreaking of just everyone just asking Kirsten Dunst, like, you promised you would have been happy today, and she just can't control her emotion. Kirsten does everything that people said about her performance in Power of the Dog. This is what they should have been saying for this performance. She is incredible. This is the movie I think she should have had an Oscar nomination. I would have given her the Oscar for that movie. Uh, this, uh, the way how just the opening is just shot with all these close-ups, it just makes you feel uncomfortable and it really gets into the head of the character and while the first half is uh about what someone with depression view would view the end of the world uh the second half is what someone with uh crippling anxiety would view the end of the world and charlotte gainsburg um just absolutely just revels in that like oh my gosh i have so little time left what am i going to do with my life and how is her sister who is played by kirsten does how is she just taking it so nonchalantly and it's because She's just so broken. I just think what this movie has to say about the human experience, about the human connection is just, it, it's heartbreaking in a way, but it just hit me in such an emotional way. Uh, I have Cameron Holtzman to thank for this movie. He gave it to me in the movie exchange he won this year. Uh, I think the score is beautiful. Um, the closing shot of this movie, I made my desktop wallpaper because it just hit me that badly. Like this is not a movie that is going to be an easy watch. Like, for anyone, like, this is not one that I can return to. Like, if this is a movie that, like, certain people would, like, watch on call for some reason, and I have no idea why you would want to watch this on call. Um, and then someone tells you that they did watch it on call and they backed out. But, uh, yeah, no, this is a... I, I don't throw around... I, I throw around the M word maybe too much I should. This is a masterpiece of film. I love this movie. Um... So I was dreading this movie. Yeah. Um, I watched the first hour of this movie on call. Yep. <laughs> with uh, Mike and Bowman. That's a decision. And to tell tell you that nothing happens in the first hour of this film is a hundred percent accurate. The planet moves towards the other planet faster than what happens in the first hour of this movie, I guarantee you. Then I said, you know what? We're talking, we're doing something. I'm going to go. I'll watch the last hour by myself, see if I gain anything. Nope. Oh my god, this movie is... This movie, I felt like the planet was coming towards me the entire... Like, like I wanted this ending to go so much faster. I've seen only two Laws von Trier movies. I've seen this and The House That Jack Built. One by Nazario, the other this. This man is director, apparently now, definitely not for me. But overall, not my kind of movie. This movie, I don't know if I consider her giving him giving, or Kristen is giving a fantastic performance. But if she's really good at not using facial muscles the entire time and, like, that's a that's a acting choice, then she's doing fantastic. Like, to not smile, to not wince, to not even show any emotion, she's doing really great. 
The Lions in 2019's Lion King show more emotion on their face than Kirsten Dunst in this movie. And a planet is coming to kill them. And she is still. That's, yeah. Yeah. I have the well, point. Yep. That's I, the I, idea. Yeah, I, I, Payson, I hope whatever is going on, like, I hope you get through this. I hope everything turns around. I hope you watch a movie next year, you know, joy, happiness, laughter, and you change a different background. But my gosh, for you to be in this space, I'm sorry, buddy. Because, man, I want to help you out because I was paid. So, um, not a Cody movie. Not, it wasn't a Cody movie. Cody movie was on the list. I have to watch it. Not a is it better or worse than the next movie? Oh. The, uh, uh, tied. Okay. <laughs> um, everybody else on this movie. I'll say this is this is not my bag. I think that it's boring but not bad. I will shout out Patrick in the chat. Nymphomaniac Volume 1 is his best movie. I don't think anything else like is close to that really. Actually, right now. It's that and um, fucking. That's, that's fair, Melissa. Uh, yeah, I wasn't depressed. I was deep, deep into it. Dogville. That and Dogville are his two masterpieces. Everything else is like, okay. Yeah. This guy beat me too, because I was like, you know what else seems like it lasts forever? Fucking depression. Um, yeah. <laughs> so the, the movie works as a vibe piece. Uh, once again, I haven't seen this. It's. 2011. Um, I appreciated it a lot then. Uh, it's it's a you know it's a challenging movie, so not one to go back to often. I will say I looked when I looked at Letterbox today, and I saw uh, Cody watch this and uh, what will be my number one movie. I was like, "Fuck, this, tonight's gonna be fucking wild." <laughs> Cody really get out of his comfort zone tonight. Hey, I said I would do a job. Um, I just want this on the record. Oh, Aaron, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very accurately titled movie, and uh, I have uh, been there, Payson, so I can tell you, you know, and still, you know, deal with it. But, um, you know, there, when I saw this movie, I saw this right be as the pandemic was starting in uh, April of 2020. And, uh, yeah, I said, I don't know if there's a right time to see this movie, but this seems like a pretty good time to see it. Uh, and it did make it incredibly effective. Uh, ironically, I like, I guess I preferred the second half, the anxiety written second half to the first half. I thought it was stronger. Um, and, uh, yeah, and maybe that says more about Lars von Trier, maybe, uh, than anything in the way he was, but also, you know, it's not a fun movie. I don't have a problem not watching movies that aren't fun. So I, I thought it was solid. Like I didn't love it, but it wasn't, I didn't love it because of the feelings. I thought it was pretty accurate in the portrayal of the i mean the title does not lie it's very mm. very much true i just want this on the record real quick because yeah. so something was said that laws von trier is like supports nazi in 20 2011 he said this in may and then in september he backtracked i don't know if that's something you can backtrack but apparently he does backtrack he's a provocateur. It, which is I'm that's sure. that's wild though. I, I just wild don't man. think I don't, but I don't think once you say something like that, you can say, you know what, Joey? As, as a Jew, I still watch his movies. I'm not making a statement that's for fair. everybody, but that's this fair. individual Jew still watches his movies. Maybe I'm. That's sorry. fair. I just, I just thought it was weird. Like once you say it, I don't know if it's something you can say. Ha, gotcha. I like um, his movies. I'll allow it. 
<laughs> one time. One time. Uh, Zach Ford, what's your three? Right. My number three, good morning. Good morning. It's not taking the right. It's good morning by Ozu. Um, going from fucking Melancholia to like a delightful movie of good morning. Just pleasant. Um, I also watched Ozu's kind of original version of this kind of story. I was born, but uh, that was like the silent um, version of this tale. And it's also equally delightful. I would recommend it, especially if you like Good Morning. Um, but it just, it, 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 it's very plotless. The most plot that it really kind of has is these kids um, going on a uh, silent uh, boycott because they want a TV. <laughs> That's pretty much the plot of the movie. But really, it's just about um, this like close... Um, kind of living community in um, Japan and the like interactions between the neighbors and the gossip going around um, and the interactions between the kids and Elizu just really captures um, a specific time and period of Japanese culture and, um, and that lifestyle that, that you know it's the best thing that movies can do is put you in someone else's shoes and help you understand the world better and I think Elizu some of the best said that um, and, and doing this with this like bratty kids but the cutest kids uh they're definitely very bratty but they do it in the funniest cutest possible i'm also really embracing um fart jokes as not my thing but they can make it charming um in a way it's lovely um i don't know if you if you need a uh pep up from watching melancholia just put in good morning right after embrace life um yeah so i watched this movie today um i had a lot of fun with it um, I know. Uh, it's it didn't really have a plot. Didn't have more, which normally is a recipe of, for disaster for me. Uh, but no, I had a, I had a ton of fun. I think it's just the performances in it. I think the way it was shot too, and where they're able to tell the story, I really enjoyed. The some of the cute that the little kid in the movie, one of the cutest kids in film history, like hilarious through and through. Got me going. They like a good fart joke, which made it really funny. And the way they were telling them is like definitely not on base with like a Adam Sandler brand of like fart jokes. So it really worked. Um, again, it was it's a quick watch too. I just I again Ford films. I've said this numerous times. Like Scott will be like take a drink. But I don't normally I don't really go out and like look for them or watch a lot of them. But uh, I watched a few for this one, and this was really good, really good one. I would suggest watching it. I think the way he tells the story and the different levels where he's able to tell, like he uses like two basic, like the, the hill and the houses and like the inner workings between L and how he's able to tell that story. I think it's actually really brilliant where like, even when he puts the kids above like the parents and like talk on the hill, I think it's just a smart, like creative choice of when he's like, when he, how he does the design for this movie. So overall, I, I appreciate you putting this on. I actually chose between this and your two, to watch i chose this one i just seemed like i'll take a shot and i think i maybe made the right decision i'm not sure you'll describe but we'll see um but yeah good choice um everybody else and good morning never seen a nose film i haven't seen it sounds really interesting though yeah i've seen it um and uh it's definitely a no not much plot and a lot of vibes in the you know vein of scott harvey um but yeah it's it's really great uh, it's very uh, different from Melancholia. It definitely will bring you up from that deep stupor. So I suggested, you know, um, to anybody for sure. It was my first Ozu and uh, definitely made me want to watch more. And yeah, great, great choice. 
Um, Aaron. All right. My uh, number three. Uh, it's been an emotional journey through the threes here. Uh, I'm sticking with Ozu here. I'm going with Tokyo Story, though. Um, and uh, this year uh, and last year, uh, I've been dealing with a lot of uh, this, the themes with this as we uh, get older, you know, and our parents uh, start to have uh, illnesses. I'm in Washington, D.C. My mom and her second husband are in uh, Michigan. Uh, my dad, her, aka my mom's first husband, uh, died when uh, I was three years old from a brain tumor. So didn't really have to deal with losing the parent, just had to deal with the aftermath and growing up with just one parent, which is a challenge in its own, but didn't have to see a parent kind of dying in front of me when I had actual memories and could understand what was going on. I was two years old when I happened the first time. So it's happening now. This movie was really relatable and it's just kind of a beautiful story about just finding joy within the day, within the moment with the people you love and being there for them and not trying to change the circumstances, but accepting the circumstances and kind of the uh, momentum that is of life and not in a depressing way, like uh, melancholia, but kind of in a more just, I guess, holistic Zen like way. I don't really know how to describe this uh, viewing experience, but it was extremely powerful. I would put this movie in my top 20 of all time. Honestly, it just really, is moving it would be hard for me to go back and watch for a long time but that's how it, it's just hard for me to verbalize but i knew it was great and i would have put it higher if i could have talked about it a little better probably honestly but yeah ozu's amazing everything i've seen from him i've loved uh and yeah i'll continue to watch more of his but this was great yeah i was very hesitant to watch this movie for yls especially um, cause like when you talk about movies that are like critically acclaimed, like super high, like this is like an, I don't know, the top 10, like the top 20 of movies. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's like this thing. is, that's, that's in that breath. So I'm like, two things are going to happen. One, I'm going to watch this movie and it's not going to be for me. And everybody's going to like, you just don't understand complex cinema or two. It's just like. I don't know. I have to. I fine tooth comb it for YLS. I just turned it on and just forgot it was on anybody's list. I think the story overall, it's going to be a movie that probably I respect a lot more than I love because I don't know if I'll go back and watch because it's kind of a hard movie to watch because it's just like a it's just a slice of life, like just them going through their life in that aspect of a life that I will never understand in that aspect of them like living in that area, but like the way it drew me in and like made me feel because I have family and going through losses and how people process the loss and how life is like a fleeting thing. It doesn't last long and how everybody like how you're supposed to react to it and how the men, like even how the women react to a, and the men in the same uh, of losing somebody. It's, I think it's an actual beautiful story. Um, and it makes sense why like movies sometimes get on that list i'm like okay maybe because of how they shot it or what it looks like but this is like when you boil it down there's no bells there's no whistles there's no special but the way he shoots this movie which is something i don't normally give two shits about is crazy like for the time and i after watching both movies because you both put one on i just looked more into the director after it 
like some of his films were not like it wasn't released for a while. Like they held it back because they don't believe the Western like could understand like a ja- or like appreciate Japanese culture like that or uh, Eastern culture. Um, but like, there's like a moment, like just little things I picked up, like when the train's coming in, like the shot that he's able to do at that time. And when he makes it, it's just incredible. And the, the shots they make and everything about it. It's a little long overall for me, just because, you know, I have an attention span of a gnat, but overall, like I was really happy. I ended up watching this movie. I appreciate you putting it on. And again, I probably wouldn't have seen it because of its like acclaim, but Definitely, and this is two movies I saw today that I really enjoyed from this director. So, I'd say go check them out. Like if I, if, if I, the common man here is yeah. sitting there enjoying two of his movies, it's got to be up for more people. It's just a there, human, so. ex- yeah, it's human experience, yeah. really, and not yeah, like and in the that. shocking way, like obviously, like Payson's, which is great in a different way. But yeah, for sure, it's yeah, no planet, no planet attacks, but um, no, yeah, it's just a slight like to learn and to have that human experience in that movie is really good. So go check it out. Um, everybody else on Tokyo story. If you've seen it. Nope. Yeah. I've, uh, I have seen this movie and everything Aaron said is correct. It's one of those movies that you see on all these best of all time lists and you watch it and you're like, yeah, I get it. Um, the way, like Cody said, just the way how like the actors are just right in the frame and it just cuts between the actors he films it in such an interesting way. Um, they're obvious, like, it, it really is just this family just, like, bonding and seeing, like, not not just, like, bonding, but, like, maybe the loss of those bonds that I think is so interesting. Uh, Aaron, have you seen the uh, animated film Only Yesterday? No, I have not, but I will watch I that. There are a lot of vibes that uh, this movie brings up with Only Yesterday, and I think you would really, really enjoy that. And just last, the, the last thing I will say is, without spoiling the ending, I think it's a really great message of saying, like, family does not always come by blood. And I think that's a really beautiful mm-hmm. lesson in the end. Yeah. Um, a lovely movie. I think Beth Bacadero tonight was that. Cody was going to come out to Ozu head. Who would have guessed? <laughs> um, but he, just to continue, you know, he is one of our greatest ever humanist directors. And I'll bring up another one um, in my next pick um, that does similar things, but, but bringing all the complex ideas and emotions of what it means to be alive and have a family. And he is, um, I, I, he's great with families. I should mention that good morning too. The family dynamics uh, is perfect in top tier production design. Um, it really makes that the houses and communities feel lifted um, for us as well. So, and for a modern comparison for people thinking about checking them in, um, Coriata, um, you know, director of Shoplifters and Broker, um, is definitely kind of the contemporary Ozu in a lot of way. Definitely feels very inspired um, by why he had a. Um, bring the film. So if you like some of the Coriata films, go to Ozu. Check where it originates. Yeah. Cody, does you like anybody Broker? know? Does it, I I like Shoplifter. Uh, uh, is does anybody know if his movies, any of his movies, are like connected? Like he's got like a movie called Early Summer, Late Autumn, nah. Early Spring. Just really, really great in the seasons. He's really loves seasons. Of the <laughs> no, that's fair. I was just making sure if there's not an order to watch any of them in. So yeah, makes sense. Okay. Well, I, as I said, I was born, but is connected to Good Morning just by it's. It's like a remake. He remade his own movie. 
Gotcha. Okay. Okay, that's true. Um, okay. Um, Spence. So going from Ozu, <coughs> the Peanuts. It's a Peanuts movie. I, <laughs> there is. I don't think there's anything. I have not found anything on Earth as pure as equal to the pure amount of joy I feel watching Dancing Queen from Mamma Mia. Here we go again. This is a very close second. <laughs> like disgustingly close. It is just speaking of seasons. You could just turn this on the second it hits September and just the warmth. Everything just comes over to you and it's so sweet and it balances it, it it tells a story from a childlike perspective and not in a way that I think, that I think would get annoying or how some of the stories can tend to be where it's just like, oh, but we know there's more going on here and you're, you're waiting for the shoe to drop. Like everything there is just living in a childhood that you didn't have, but you could have. And I think it's just really sweet and wonderful. And it feels so honest to the to Peanuts as a whole. Every character there feels like how they were when they started being written. And as time goes on and like the, the specials that I grew up with, and it just feels so authentic in a way that a lot of like these modern adaptations whatever can get lost in it's it's perfect i i want to raise my kids in this movie it's just that special to me holy fuck um so i worked at the movie theater uh when the peanuts movie came out and my favorite thing was talking to uh young people as they left see how they felt and seeing the happiness and joy and then talking to the old people how pissed off and how they changed Charlie Brown for the worse. Um, it was my favorite, like, back and forth. This movie falls right in the camp of fine. Like, fine animation, no, like, love. I haven't even showed it to my kids yet, to be honest with you, so I'm not raising my kids on it. Um, and they're turning out, they're turning out worse. They're turning out worse. So you know what? Um, maybe I need to turn this on, so maybe we'll change it. But overall, I have, it's been a while. It's been 2015 since I've seen it. I wasn't going to rewatch this. I know it was your two, but like, I, I, there is not a lot that slipped through the cracks of this 88-minute movie that I won't remember. Um, so yeah, fine. Two? Yo, that's interesting. But anyways, you know. Uh, anybody else in the Peanuts movie? I really like the movie. I should be like one of my favorites of all time. I like learned to read by reading Garfield and Snoopy comics. Uh, and the Peanuts, you know, cartoons and specials are very, very, very important to me. Um, always I have to reference the extinct um, Lucas and Zach podcast, Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown. I just did bits for like an hour. It's our best episode to watch it. Um, but this why I, I've never been able to fully attach it. It does kind of just play. I don't think it roots Charlie Brown. That's a weird take. But I, I think it plays as a greatest hits. It doesn't really have a take at all on Charlie Brown. It's just like, oh, you like the tree bit. You like the football bit. It just put everything you are to know. There's nothing special to make it stand out. Um, and definitely missing some of the, once again, like the humanist qualities that Charles Schultz brought into his films. It like did all the jokes and the bits uh, without the same, you know, philosophy and thought. Uh, I think this movie is great. I think it's delightful. Uh, I don't quite have like the overwhelming love that Spence has, but uh, I do think it's really good. I, I think one of the better things about the movie is they don't try to like modernize Charlie Brown. 
by like bringing him into like the 21st century by having to do with the like these like zoomer stuff they just let him be charlie brown <laughs> no i haven't seen it <laughs> no, Aaron, i don't think you're missing much yeah uh, sounds great um okay uh payson take it so, away take flight you know <laughs> Yeah, I get what you're saying. Uh, so like Aaron said, uh, Robert Altman is uh, a goat of a director, if you will. And uh, yeah, my number two is Brewster McLeod. Um, Altman's a guy I'm starting to realize I slowly really like. I also watched The Player last year, and that would have been on this list, but I wanted to just talk about one Altman. I think I'd take this slightly over it. Um, this is just an incredible story. Uh, in case anyone doesn't know about this, uh, Brewster, uh, the, the titular character played by Bud Court, uh, he is a guy, and all he's trying to do is just build a pair of wings because he wants to fly. He's dedicating his life every day. He's getting up, he's working out, and he's building those wings. Uh, this is a weirdly, like, on the one hand, it's an inspiring movie about, like, people that tell you, like, you can't do, like, these insane things and, like, these wild things. It, it weirdly feels, like, uplifting in a way because you're, like, yeah, he can do it. Look at him. He's going out to uh, build that stuff. Uh, the supporting cast is incredible. Um, Shelley Duvall, this was her first movie, and she is incredible uh, as the person that, like, Brewster leaves and just rocks Brewster's world in, in all these great ways. Um, I don't have his name memorized, but uh, Rene Aubergenoy, uh, he plays the character known as the Lecturer, and he's just there to yell at you about birds. Why? Because he loves birds. It's life. It's weird sometimes, but he loves birds. Uh, throughout the movie, you like start noticing there are like these weird murders that are happening. You're like, how are they going to connect? And just how the ending just gets more and more insane is incredible. Um, the uh, both the opening credits and the ending credits are some of my favorite movie scenes like ever. Like knowing that this is a story about a guy that is like trying to build a pair of wings to fly. You probably know where it's going to end, but I think just the journey to get there is so entertaining. This is just a movie that its humor works so, so well with me. And I have Aaron J to thank for this recommendation. So, Aaron, thank you so much. You made me watch one of my new favorite movies. It's so good. Yeah, I pretty much can't really top any of that. If you haven't seen this movie, though, I really highly recommend it. It's very angry it's very weird it's very funny um no two robert altman movies are kind of the same or similar and it just um i just love the 70s for this kind of reason that there's just so many of these movies that i think slip through the cracks and um yeah this is a great example it all takes place in the astrodome uh he lives in a fall shelter in the astrodome so that's like a super weird setting uh for uh, the movie and it just kind of again it was a movie that uh, I think I saw for the first time during like quarantine so I was kind of stuck in my own kind of bubble at the same time feeling like the isolation that the character feels and it is kind of just beautiful to you know see a character doing what he really wants to do even at the cost of his own body and own Ooh. sanity so uh, yeah check it out it's a great one flew under the radar for me he gives me big boatman vibes. Like Brewster is like a young boatman. I didn't think that, but I don't think of boatman when I watch movies. But fair, that's fair. fine. Or don't check it out. Um, okay, so this is the opposite. I saw this. I am not. 
I did not have a great time uh, watching this movie. Um, now, what he's he's also the kid in uh, Harold and Maude, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Bud Court. Like that movie. Like that movie a lot. Hell this yes. movie. This movie, not so much. Yeah. Uh, a little too much. There's a weird scale for Cody, and it flew over to him for a while. And wasn't like hooked in um, that much. Um, and the ending didn't help. Like I, I thought it was like, <laughs> like clue what was happening. I thought the entire time I was like, am I going to shoot this fucker down? Like I thought like, I was like, oh no, like. And then, then the then uh, if you, I just won't ruin the ending play for you. Just go watch it. If if, you, if anything, there though, I think this movie is one of those hit or miss movies. It will hit really hard for some. It will miss very hard for some. But you don't know until you're in it. Um, I knew pretty well. I messaged Boatman afterwards. I said, would you have recommended this movie to me? He goes, oh, no. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not crazy. I'm not missing something. Um, it's just, it's really, it's wacky. It's goofy. It's crazy. But in some of the, like, there's some ways that I looked and I was, I had a smile on my face. But then most of the time, it was just like, can this end? Um and if you had the choice between this and the player, and you chose this, and you wanted to win, you <laughs> chose poorly, my friend. People talk about the player more. People talk about the player more. I, I want to fair. give them that. That's yeah. fair. That's fair. Um, okay. Um, anybody else seen this movie? I haven't, and Alden's like one of my guys. Like I've seen oh, fucking Cold Day in the Park last year, but I haven't seen <laughs> Bruce the McCloud. Uh, so I need to answer this Kirk Corky version. This and Shortcuts are my big Alden blind spots. I'll get oh. Shortcuts is excellent. Both are great. Yeah. Okay. And Spence now. Okay. You know, just be, get comfortable. Okay. Sorry, uh, uh, like that. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, Zach, what's your two? Um, my number two um, is Kess um, from 68, I believe. 69? Well, 69. Um, this is a Ken Loach movie. This will be the last time I used to work because my next one will not apply, but one of our greatest humanist directors we've had in a long time. Also, like, legendary Palm Door guy, one of the rare two-time winners. Um, but not for this. Um, fucking lost to some other British movie. Um, this is... Basically, a more toned down, realistic version of Billy, Et, Billy Elliot, which I love. But instead of dancing, he got real into falconry. <laughs> it's just a kid who has a, a rough, you know, poor life in, in, in England. Um, single mom, a really shithead brother. Um, and he just like escapes everything by finding a falcon and, and training it. Um, it's like a big favorite subgenre, just like poor British kids. Uh, it's lovely. It's, you know, heartfelt. Ken Loach understands human experience as much as anyone else. Um, and putting that into a coming-of-age film um, early in his career, he's still fucking working 40 years later. Um, it, it, it is just a, a lovely experience. And, you know, uh, the character, I said shit had brother, but he... Still real. You still feel the depth of every character, no matter how much screen time they have, and that's the important. And I talked about this with Ozu. The importance of film is to help you, um, you know, understand the world better and um, understand other cultures. And this really helps you step in the shoes of, of that kind of lifestyle in England. Um, that is lovely. Watch it with subtitles because it's that kind of British movie where it's <laughs> they're very, very, very strong accents. Great. 
Birds. Nice. Nice animal. So I had to choose between this and your the, yeah. number three. You should have chose this instead of my number one. That was your mistake. Okay. Well, number one, I think they're important. So I chose number one. And you're right. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But I wanted to see this, but I really like I, Daniel Blake. So, like, I when he was, like, that, so I was like, maybe Jake. But, like, when I was comparing them, one, I knew Tokyo Story was already on there. So two movies from the same director. I wanted to check both of them out. And then the the thing on Letterbox, they beat him, they deprived him, they ridiculed him, they broke his heart, but they couldn't break his spirit. I was like, not I don't think real. I'm emotional. I don't think I'm emotionally ready for this movie, so I'm not gonna watch it. It's it not, me not that okay. That's fair, but it sounded like child. Like I couldn't do it, so I I had to sacrifice. So overall, um, I will get to this at some point. But um, yeah, uh, anybody else seen this movie? I'm gonna guess no. Thematic birds, though, with Brewster is again this weird connection between Zach and like Payson. Yeah. Billy Elliot felt falconry is the greatest pitch for a movie I've ever heard. <laughs> Fair. Okay. Uh, so, Aaron, we're gonna go to your two. Yeah, my uh, my number two is yeah an incredible movie. Um, I've always loved this song for this movie. Uh, it's 1980s classic, Nine to Five. Um, this movie is absolutely fucking delightful. Um, it is a great movie. Um, it's kind of great to have this and In the Company of Men on my list. It's two very... Um, they both look at the same subject of the workplace and how women are treated within it, um, but they treat it very differently. And this, I really do prefer... Um, it goes off the rails in kind of the second half of the movie, which I think even people who don't know about the movie more know it for. But I really did love the first half of the movie when it simply is Dolly Parton, you know, kind of playing against the type that she's been typecasted into even after this movie. Like she's an intelligent, completely, you know, um, unaware of how she's being exploited by her boss. Uh, played by Dabney Coleman, one of the best villains I've ever seen in a movie, honestly. He's so good in this role. And uh, just he's, like, making up behind her back that he's sleeping with her when she's not. And then, like, the other women, you know, kind of hate her within the office. And, I mean, all three of the leads are great. Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, and Dolly Parton. And then 9 to 5 is, like, the best opening title song maybe ever. Um, like, it's just – and it just really – I, it's just a great time. It's really well written. It's one of my favorite '80s movies, for sure. Uh, I loved it. I'll watch it many, many times. Easy watch. Yeah, I need to actually. Re- I'm gonna rewatch this movie. It's been. It's only been a couple of years, but it's such a good movie. It's so. It's such an easy watch. It's and the the three the three the three girls are just outstanding in this the performance. And you're right. One of the dick, most dickish bosses of all time, and he just plays like the scum of all the earth. So it like it everything just works perfectly. And again, yeah, I knew the song way way more before I knew the the movie, but it plays so well into this movie. Um, so great choice. When I saw it, I was like, "What a good choice!" Like for two, so really good choice. Um, everybody else on nine to five. She played the nails in the song. Her I got a lot. Really great. I, you haven't seen I, it? No, I'm not sure. I have, but I really want to. Um, I, I said Lily Tomlin is in 80 for Brady. I feel like this is a great like double feature, like companion piece. <laughs> Good movie. 
Um, Check out Payson's review show to hear about 80 for Brady. So. Thank you, Cody. Send a really, yeah. really funny to start it with 80 for Brady. But, uh, Knock on the cabin or something. Whatever yeah, it is. Oh, that movie sucked. Should have should have waited to July and launch a Barbie Heimer, the Barbie Heimer episode, and then it would be great. But um, wow, wonderful. Me and Lucas Showbach, by the way, um, live uh, announcement. We're gonna Barbie Heimer it together in Boston. Um, it'll be an experience. Um, anyways, moving on. Uh, it's a pleasant movie. Um, you know, Aaron mentioned it goes off the rails in the end, and it does kind of lose me for a little bit as it goes to the chaos, but it's still a charming, fun watch. Okay. Directed right, by the ones. writer of uh, Harold and Maude, also. My favorite movie oh, of all time. Oh, yeah. Harold and Maude. <laughs> Harold and Maude is my favorite movie of all time. So. This is so long. Um, right yeah, right there. That. Uh, we can... Now we're on everybody's one, so we'll see how this goes. Uh, hey, uh, Cody. Ahead, Spence. What if I told you there is a movie out there where RuPaul... Worked at a conversion camp. I'm talking about, but I'm a cheerleader. Which look at me. How is this not made for me? Like, I have, I have a hard time really putting putting into words like how just like me this is. Like the fact again, I put it in my review. The fact that I watched this on an airplane and I only barely regretted that decision. I think that's a lot of how much I fucking adore this movie. I think that I really love educating myself on queer culture before my time. Like, I watched that shitbag movie Maurice because I had to see gay Hugh Grant to see, like, oh, hey, what's this in the past look like? And seeing this and, ha- and how truly, like, teen culture has evolved since then and and the queer culture and community and how it all changed and, and fi- literally fighting through just shitty parents and even even like it's very cartoony and very broad but i still think what it is is just so fun which is not something you'd expect from a movie a little bit like, about like, like about, about conversion therapy like miseducation of cameron post i think is a movie that like is like this but more serious and dour sort of misses that point of truly just how insane the situation you're in is and i think this movie truly captures that of not only the fear but also just the insanity of the situations of literally just sitting a bunch of kids together and say, hey, you think away, but no. And literally RuPaul dragging a, bunch of, dragging a bunch of gay men around being like, hey, here's what you do. Here's Hammer and here's football. And they're just horny from seeing dudes get all sweaty and muscled up. Like you're absolutely fucking up and doing this wrong. And that's hilarious. This, this movie just truly understands how to structure a joke and make something so scary absurdist which to me sounds really difficult but also natasha leone can do literally no wrong anything she's in she makes better glass onion five stars and she makes it extra half star bump at the end there uh yeah this is probably on top 100 on every watch <laughs> um didn't hate it didn't hate it in, at all um surprisingly surprise it it one, I did pause at one point because it's the first time Mike shows up, and I was like, "That's fucking is that fucking RuPaul?" <laughs> like, oh, I, I and then I, I looked and I said, "This movie's going all in, like not just ha- they're going full." And I think that's what worked. 
if they would have went at this movie half or like pulled jokes or like didn't throw the full punch, I don't think I would have enjoyed it. They went full in on everything and honestly how ridiculous stuff is. So like with that, it's just worked. I was laughing. I was having a good time with it. It didn't last over. The story is very simple, but like how ridiculous the movie is. Like it just, yeah, it was. I mean, the most uncomfortable I was the entire movie is when that that football player is like making out with her and just solid full tongue in her mouth. I was like, she sold out for this movie. Holy shit. That is one of the most uncomfortable I've ever been. But overall, I would say, I would say check it out. Cause it, 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 of ridiculous comedies. Most of those comedies don't work for me, but this one just, it, I didn't hate, didn't hate, had a good time with it. So well done. Um, it's three and a half, so don't like don't write home like I'm running to the thing and like this is my top. I have to be like a one but, star, so I, to me that's. But like for what it could have been, could have been way lower. So With those no, still right? that you're gonna fucking want to kill it, like it. <laughs> it you know it felt the it, it felt the nineties on it for sure or two thousands whatever came out two thousands. Yeah, maybe Letterboxd was ninety nine. Yeah, sometimes sometimes dates are wrong. Okay, um, anybody else seen this movie? All right, talk about. It. Yeah, I uh, saw this when I was like 13 years old, and I absolutely fucking loved it. Uh, it like really did kind of launch me uh, into a lot more of these kind of uncomfortable comedies. Um, but I just think the way that it handles the subject matter was very, very ahead of its time. And uh, yeah, I would love to revisit it. Uh, now I'm a little older, like I've said for a few movies on this list. But yeah, it was great from what I remember of it. Great number one makes sense. Pretty on brand. Yeah, uh, I'll keep it short. Uh, I watched this because Spence told me to, and I thought it was great. Uh, super, super funny. I love how like over the top everything is. Like Cody said, RuPaul is so funny in this movie. It's so funny watching him play like this, like ultimate, like macho, like villain. I think is hilarious. Uh, Clay Duvall is incredible and yeah natasha leone has a new show on peacock poker face i've heard it's great i haven't seen it i almost did last week and then i didn't end of oh, story. <laughs> when she catches those two guys like on the table and starts flipping out and then rupaul goes and i'm more shit i'm ashamed you were so close to getting out of here it's <laughs> it really great point um rupaul's really good in the movie. um best thing he's ever done okay what do you say? That he's ever done. I don't like Drag Race. <laughs> this is better. Oh, I've never seen Drag Race, but I know RuPaul. Um, all right, uh, Payson, number one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my last couple choices have been very weird. Uh, kind of bring it down a little more grounded. Uh, my number one is Diner, Barry Levinson's Diner. Uh, yeah, this is one that was recommended to me by uh, Caleb Boatman, and I cannot thank him enough for this because. This movie is all vibes, and they are the best vibes in the world. Uh, essentially, this movie is set in 50s, I believe, Baltimore, and it's just about five friends that are sort of going off on different paths of life, and they're just hanging out for, like, what they know is probably going to be, like, 
maybe their last time together, and I just think it's an incredible, very great, like, young cast. Like, when you watch this movie, you're like, wow, this actor went on to do great things, this actor went on to do great things. Everyone is great in this movie, and I see, like, I think there is a character that everyone can see themselves in. Like, for me, like, I am absolutely Eddie, the Steve Gutenberg character. Like, he's the guy that's getting married, and before he gets married, he wants his wife to, he wants his fiance to, like, take a football test because he wants his wife to be like educated in football. Like if that was movies, let's be honest, that's something I would probably do because he's dumb, but you know what? He loves himself. So like, good for him. Uh, like, uh, uh, what's his name? Tim Daly is just the coolest guy in the world. When he starts playing the piano in the strip club, uh, Kevin Bacon is really, really good in this movie. Probably the best performance in the movie. Like I love just him just watching jeopardy on his couch, just saying like, Ah, I could have done better than that guy. Ah, wish I could have asked me that question. Very Caleb Coho-esque. Uh, um, Daniel Stern, speaking of Caleb's, Daniel Stern is literally Caleb Boatman in this movie. Just like how he sells like record players and just like how he needs his vinyls all organized in the perfect way. Yeah, just this movie just creates like great vibes and just incredible characters. Uh, it's, it, it's an amazing, amazing movie. And uh, yeah, I love it. It's a great hangout movie yeah. overall. Like it, it doesn't doesn't uh, not anything complex, but it's just a good chill hangout. Like a everybody wants some like uh, decent. It's just that kind of vibe. Again, I think some of the characters are a little bit. I'm, I it's crazy how much like Bowman loves this movie. I like the movie. I think it's good. I just don't think it's absolutely incredible. Um, but. You know, diners. What 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 decade did diner come out? That's a famous um, wars. Because when are diners around? The fifties. Bowman's context clues. Context clues. Um, I mean, they're in. Star everybody Wars. else really see diner. There. Yeah. Anybody else see diner? Talk about it. Yeah, I love it. Uh, Kevin Bacon and Daniel Stern are my favorite characters in the movie, um, and uh, I just. Uh, I think it's uh, one of the classic kind of hangout conversation movies of all time. Good movie. You're muted, you moron. I'll, I'll just, yeah. I think it's a movie good. Uh, it's not amazing. I don't love this type of movie, but for what it is, I think it's good. Um, my mom has been telling me to watch it for like 15 years and is incessant. Like every week tells me to watch Diner, so naturally I can't watch it. Fair. No, I, I stand by it. All right. The movie that I did watch. And other than me and you, I'm sure it'll be a quick wraparound. Um, my number one was what happened was dot, dot, dot. Um, this is uh, I, Tom. I Nielsen. added the dot, dot, dot because Thank it wasn't there. Thank you. This is uh, Tom, Tom Noonan, an actor, um, directed this in the mid-90s. Um, it has like some real like indie 90s vibes of what was happening at that period of time. Um, talking about like uncomfortable cinema, this is something that for the first half is extremely uncomfortable. It's uh, two characters that work together, meet up in an apartment for a date, so-and-so, Um and that's the whole movie is that night and day unraveling. They're the only two performers in the, in the movie. Um, but it's, they're so awkward and there's something so distant and inauthentic about what's happening, but it, it devolves really into something much more raw and emotional. And it really becomes something about loneliness. Um, there's tad bits of 
surrealness um, throughout the film that that adds that weird tone, um, but eventually becomes such a you know sad real story of humans need to connect with each other. Uh, it's very proto Charlie Kaufman. Um, which makes sense that Kaufman then used Noonan in a couple movies. There's no way he wasn't very inspired by this. Um, so, you know, people who like Eternal Sunshine or Adaptation, um, especially like Namalisa or Chaz Noonan, this could be up your vibes. Um, but there is just that tad of you're just a little step out of reality um, that I think can really throw people off, and especially a scene in the middle where uh, the main character reads a, a story she read <laughs> that may be like truth or thing, and it's very dark and very steps out and create once again. But that's, I think, the transition period where, where people are they're start, stopping trying to put on an act for each other and they start to becoming their real sad selves or just being exposed so blatantly. Um, also, um, Cody can add this to his list of movies strongly featuring songs by um, Amy Mann that he just absolutely hates. Because <laughs> uh, Amy Mann's um, band, her new wave band, Till Tuesday, fucking killer song, Voices Carry, just plays for like three times longer than I think the song actually is um, in the beginning and, and sets up a great vibe. The song rules. Um, I think that probably put me right and ready to, to love that movie. I'm uncomfortable. Um, I'm uncomfortable um, with this movie, um, especially the first act. Um, it's what well, I look more into it like it's set off a play, like it's an adaptation of a play. But what I will say, whenever you watch a movie based on a play, you're always like, oh, it feels so much like a play. This movie does not. The way he's able to like make it, like it, like like completely like dissolves away that it could be a play. Um, it like kind of like a horror vibe, like especially that first act, like how he's able to do this. It's like the first day between these two people, um, and it's like it feels very horror like vibes of that first act. I won't talk about the story um, that she reads. I'm with the, the, there's just points where like my skin's crawling and I want to leave the situation. This is what I got a lot for this movie. It's a quick runtime. It's just not for me. Um, I should have watched. His yes. number two. Um, I, I, I just want to add, it's it's definitely for me it buried into my soul. It's, as I was watching it, I didn't think how much I loved it, but days it just grew in, 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 into my lungs. I it was like, this movie haunted me for a while. Yep. Uh, anybody else seen this movie? Uh, I have not, but you had me at Kaufman, and then you got me again with Amy Mann. So. Okay. So, final movie of the night. Aaron, take it away. Yeah. Um, my movie is uh, from a pair of directors I didn't really know about before this movie. It's The Archers, A Matter of Life and Death from 1946. This movie is beautiful. It's weird. It's lovely. It's got one of the best final acts I can remember ever. That's the whole final judgment of the main character. Basically, it's about a character in World War II pilot getting shot down and he's kind of uh, speaking to uh, he's an English pilot speaking to an American radio um, I'm not sure what she was within uh, America, the army or whatever it was but it doesn't matter uh, and he falls in love with this voice basically and he prays to whatever that he uh, won't die 
it's kind of like a really positive but weird so very weird final destination take where he was supposed to die but he didn't and the rest of the movie like the conductor 71 character he's like just crazy character half the movies in black and white half of it's in technicolor um and it plays a huge role in the entire story um yeah it's just like a really beautiful classic movie Clat has a really awesome final kind of court judgment uh act that um i think has some really beautiful monologues and kind of gets like uh just kind of buried under the radar for whatever reason i think this is a classic i would recommend it to anybody um honestly and for it being in the time period it was it's like a very weird movie but um it kind of the weirdness makes sense within the story it doesn't take you out of it like some other weird movies i may like like wild heart um archer's rule well well we've uh, we've reached the movie that um would be on my top 100 hey. um uh this movie is absolutely incredible um i this movie has sat with me for since i watched it i've been just talking about this movie telling anybody can tell them to watch it um when i describe this movie i sound effing insane because the movie itself really doesn't make a whole lot of sense because you have to like have a it's a fantasy element of this movie but everything in that fantasy element works perfectly for me. One, it's a court, the last 30 minutes of this movie, that courtroom scene, is some of the best film scene I've ever watched. Yeah. Like, ever watched. Um, the concept of this movie, I love. Um, I think it's just where the... I And this is not comparing them to, but like... If you've seen Captain America, uh, the first Avenger, when he, the plane is going down and he's talking to Peggy Carter, the first 12 minutes of this movie, there's so much chemistry on screen between two people that have never been in the same room together. You are completely hooked. The side characters that come in, the idea that he can basically get anybody to represent him from any life, like in this trial, absolutely incredible. Go check it out. Um, I don't do it often, but I almost hit play again when I watched it because I yeah. wanted to watch it again. Um, absolutely incredible. Go check it out. I cannot speak about this movie enough. Thank you for putting it on your list because I would have never seen this movie without it. So yeah, I appreciate that. I'm glad. I'm glad I watched it twice in the same week. So I totally oh, get that. And so, I, I'm probably going to watch it this out. week again. Yeah, it's great. Um, and, and the David Nimitz is such a great performance. Like the, the oh I, yeah, I, I'll I'll spoil the entire damn thing. I'm probably gonna pick up for a roundtable episode to be honest with you for people great. to go watch. Pass it, it around. Um, okay, that's the show. Again, not as bad as it could have been for me. Um, we'll go through the winners. Um, starting with the winner. Um, first win is Aaron. Uh, Aaron won uh, <laughs> Tokyo Story nine to five matter of life and death. It was pretty much clear he had Bruce McCloud, which was not my favorite, but Heather's was on there. But when a movie that you can show me for the first time ends up like cracking like my some of my all time favorites, uh, you're 
you're going to probably win. There's no doubt about it. Um, so that's number one. Um, uh, number two uh, is Zach. Damn. Woo! Hey. <laughs> I didn't kill uh, Zach. End. Zach had Paper Moon and Good Morning. I didn't see his. I, the first one does hurt. I would not say that, but overall, his movie had he had great movies. Um, second, again, I don't think there's really a winner or loser because this is all personal preference of what you guys brought to the table. Um, uh, Spence is yeah! uh, <laughs> Inside Man, Children, uh, Children's Hour, and But I'm a Cheerleader. I really enjoyed. Uh, there's some. Payson wasn't far behind. Melancholy was just the drag of the thing for me, and you had Francis Ha pretty high for me. But again, and I haven't seen all that jazz to save everybody. The Heartbreak Kid was good. But again, I don't think there's really a uh, a clear loser on this. I think you guys got to see these movies that you enjoyed. So it's hard for me to say you're an idiot for choosing this when you guys liked it. Your guys' combined top 100 is uh, this. Uh, the only one I didn't get to decide is number one. I had to tie break everything else. And. Um, um, I would actually flip 10 and 9. Uh, so, overall. Um, but, yeah, that is your guys' list. Movie. I'll take that. The Penis movie is on there. It's a lot YLS map. When you have something high, we'll I get it. No, I get I've it. always thought about like editing it to where I decide, um, but I figure that's too much power. Um, just all 40, and I get to pick the top 10 of it. Um, uh, I appreciate everybody for being on our very first episode. Thank you all for coming on. Uh, next week is the NFL draft. Um, who, uh, the week after that is letterbox reviews. And then March 1st, uh, draft 2022 movies. Um, that's the 2022. So we'll talk about it. I think that will be post Oscars, right? I think that's post Oscars. No. When is Oscars? Oscars March is March 12th. 12th. Oh, my birthday is March 11th. And I get to hear everybody yell on the internet. On March 12th. That's a really fun time. Um, we can't wait for that. Um, everybody have a great night. Thanks for being back and watching the show. Uh, Aaron, thanks for being on for your first show and winning. So you join the league company. Uh, bye. I know where you fail. You broke my heart. Your guilt has been determined. This is merely a sentencing hearing. Now what will it be? Death or... Exile. You better lawyer up, asshole, because I'm not coming back for 30%. I'm coming back for everything. Sold. Normally, I would say Alfida Zin, but since what Alfida Zin actually means is till I see you again, and since I never wish to see you again to you, sir, I say goodbye.